Welcome to episode 66, everyone. This is Andrew from the Superhouse Podcast. Thanks for checking in again. This week we have, once again, our senior Batman correspondent, Ben Wan, has visited Superhouse once again, and we have many thanks to give him. And also we have Maddie again, of course. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's basically it. So uh, we want to get right into it. Uh, Ben wrote the what you wrote some material for the uh, box set for the phantasm horror blu-ray dvd box set uh where you even mention us dude that's fucking insane i wasn't (laughs) expecting that we're not Uh, worthy we're not worthy what can i say i thought of you guys and they wanted to know like a lot about like they wanted like a short snippet about like you know what has been about like what do what do you want to put in there outside of like like phantasm like well here's some other stuff where they can find me and then you know just put it in like you know frequent guest spot on the superhouse podcast and now it's Mm -hmm. in there for posterity for all the phantasm fans to check out so if you get some upsurge in listeners especially horror you know fans and all that then well i did my job that's yeah. I mean, dude, that's fucking incredible. We haven't had anything like that before, man. And I like I was like like I'm pretty much like deeply grateful that you did that. Like no one asked you to do that, but you did it anyway, <laughs> and it's fucking great, man. It really is. No problem, man. I mean this is all it's all us helping each other. Like we're all I'm in the beginning of my career and everything. I gotta give shout outs to whoever I can to people who you know, because you guys have been great and sort of giving me so a platform sometimes to promote myself or uh, just my material and things like that. So anything that I can do. Thank you, man. I, I mean, look, I'm going to buy that set. It's in my Amazon uh, cart right now. <laughs> Mine as well. <laughs> Wait for that tax refund. Uh, same here, bro. <laughs> Wait for that tax refund. That's a, it's an expensive you. set. But I, I pretty much have to own it at this point. And, uh, I mean, full disclosure, I don't think I've seen any of these movies so how I mean, look how how'd you get involved in all this, dude? You watch these movies and then you got in touch with somebody in L.A. and you're like, "Yeah, I like that shit. I'll write for it." Or how exactly did it work? I mean, I wish it was that simple, but uh, <laughs> it, it's a complicated backstory. Back in back in college, man, this is way back. They I got contacted by an online dating site called Fan Crush, and they were sent, they're not around anymore, but they were an online dating site specifically for geeks. And like sci-fi fans, horror fans, and things like that, and they wanted a component that would made themselves different from like okay Cupid or whatever was around at the time. I don't think Tinder was around at the time, but they were going to have like movie news, like news on the genre you could read while also like browsing profiles of people right. you were interested in. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'll I'll check it out. And they wanted to incorporate interviews as well. And one of the people I interviewed was David Wong, who wrote John Dies at the End. And that was adapted by Don Coscarelli into a movie it was going to be at the time. So I sent a few interview questions to David Wong. He got back to me and everything. I wrote out the article. It, it got published. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, job's done on that. And I kept writing for Fan Crush. What ended up happening later on is I get this email. And it says Don Coscarelli in it. And I'm like, um, <laughs> chills. <laughs> really? Okay. And he's like, hey, Ben, like, I read your interview with David. On John dies at the end. I think he did great work. I'm actually thinking of doing interviews, having somebody do interviews with the cast members and crew of my Phantasm movies. For possibly, like, I'm not sure what to do with it yet. Maybe I can put it on the website on like Phantasm.com. 
Uh, but if you're interested in it, let me know. And you know, after maybe like five minutes, just wondering if this is really Don Coscarelli, just personally emailing me, I was like, um, yeah, of course I'll do it. So we set up a phone interview. I talked to him on the phone. He sounded exactly like the dude on like the video interviews I, I saw. So I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is a real guy. Holy shit. And um, the first one he set me up with was Bill Thornbury, who plays Jody, one of the main characters in the very first Phantasm. And of course, first Phantasm was in the 70s or everything. So everybody right now is, is way older than they were in the beginning and um, have had, and, it, and I was just wondering how much these guys were going to remember, not because of age or anything, but because of just like how long it's been right. since it's been filming. But what surprised me was just how everybody just had all these stories to share about each movie. And like, it was almost as if it was yesterday for every single one. And for a whole bunch of movies that are by, you know, there are a bunch of horror movies, obviously very gory, very dark, very twisted, but you could not have asked for a nicer group of people to be behind them. Like Don was, Don was great. Every single person I talked to was just really nice and it was a great experience. And I was, I turned out the articles and I thought they were going to be like posted on the website, but they pretty much, it, it never really ended up on there but like i was paid and i was like okay whatever like this is this is a property of don and his company and they can do what they want with it and for a while like that that was it until i got contacted maybe like a couple months ago that from don himself being like hey uh keep this on the download but we're gonna put all your interviews into the box set that's coming out oh shit and uh what do you like hear what do you want to put in for like your bio? Because there is an option to put like your bio on the front, in in the front, and so that's that's how that came about. Where I ended up uh, putting in the shout out to you guys as well as talking about how like one of my favorite experiences during the interviews was getting called one of the trademark one of the trademark lines is uh, "boy" from you know the tall man, and I actually got I have a recording of Angus Scrim, the actor who played that character, him himself saying that to me during the interview so uh, that was probably one of the best experiences in that but uh, that's that's what's in the bio and obviously if he hadn't contacted me so recently for that bio um, I would not have had a chance to even think about it or even know that it was a part of the blu-ray or even mention you guys or anything like that so I'm grateful that Don kept me in the process I'm grateful that he was able to find an avenue that I think was probably the best one to publish these interviews and I'm overall you know I'm, I'm grateful myself for the opportunity and be able to say, hey, this is my first sort of published work that's not online. Right. So yeah. you're, you're, you're not like, so you just said off air that horror is not your main, main genre, but what is it about these phantasm films that are, that are, that are better or, I don't know, more unique than, than other horror films? What, what attracted you to these? Well, for... I mean, I gotta admit, as the Batman fan in me, I'm just like, Phantasm isn't like Mask of the Phantasm, but like, yeah. obviously there's nothing to do with it. Uh, what I think attracts me to this as well as just a lot of the Phantasm fans is the fact that this is pretty much like a long-running indie horror franchise. Like, none of these guys yeah. are like super Hollywood. None of these guys are... Like, they, there were rumors that like Brad Pitt auditioned for one of the roles in like Phantasm 2, but he never got it. Oh, sure. Uh, but like, there's almost like when the, with his following it's not just of the movies or the mythology it's also the people behind it that i thought was fascinating too uh not just seeing 
these as like oh like cool the tall man and the mythology and the silver spheres but also like you know Don Coscarelli, Angus Scrim, Michael Baldwin, like all these guys sort of had their own followings and from behind the scenes. And I think it's because people relate to the fact that these were, these are like everyday guys. These are everyday people who decided, hey, let's, let's make a horror movie. And it blew up into something that was warranted a sequel and a sequel and another one. You know, the second, the, the history is that the first one was pretty much an independent movie that Don made I think he was in his 20s his parents were helping out you know his mom was doing the makeup <laughs> oh shit yeah and uh, it got big enough that Phantasm 2 was produced by Universal and you can tell that that's a big budget movie because out of all the movies that's the one that has like it, it looks like it, it put in the most money into that and then 3 and 4 were uh, direct video but obviously he was still able to continue stuff and then 5 came out like last year to like close out the mm -hmm. whole the whole saga and it's just everybody who's been following it knows behind the scenes stuff i think just as well i think that and to me I, I think that's what attracts everyone to it is is the fact that these guys were able to pull that off and the fact that they they're all great nice people and i think it's that underdog and every man aspect that uh is at least what i like about it so these guys are kind of like uh, uh, trauma in, in, in a sense, where they're they're kind of DIY and everything is, you know, independent. And I mean, look, I feel terrible, man, because I'm fucking <laughs> podcast mentioned in the fucking box set. I don't even know any fucking thing about it. I have it in, on in the background right now, Phantasm mm -hmm. 1, watching it as we talk. Oh, nice. Oh, shit. There yeah. you go. So uh, yeah, I mean, you, when you when you pick up a copy, you'll get to you get to see it as well as while, read the compendium that's behind the scenes. But you'll you'll see just like how it's such a family behind the scenes. Even like Reggie Bannister, I believe, like met his wife. Reggie Bannister is one of the main actors. He met his wife like on the set, and I think she ended up like making like the the alien blood at some oh, point. Sure. Like that's it's just um, such a close knit family and everything. And I felt so privileged to be like a part of kind of getting it's almost like getting an honorary seat at the table just to be able to talk to these guys and getting to getting to hear about it just for just for a little bit each time uh, i was able to call them up on the phone and like write something about them and i think that's why fans always come up to them in the conventions i i see a bunch there's like a whole bunch of youtube videos you can look up where they're at conventions and you can tell that they're loved you can tell that they're um they really adore their fans and their fans love them and it's it's just a really nice thing that's kind of separate from, I guess, the big Hollywood stereotypes that you associate with with franchises in general. Cool. And uh, out of the out of the the series, what, what's your personal favorite one? Do you have one? Um, I mean, I think there's just magic to the first one. I, I it's, it's the same opinion I have about Star Wars and the fact that there's it, it's almost really tough to beat the very first one that starts it all that you know is just like in the beginning where they it's like okay we might not really know what we're doing but we'll, we're, we're trying this out and the first time that these guys are originating the characters and figuring out like what the silver sphere is and who the tall man is and all that so I'd, I'd say the first one is still probably the best out of everything and and I think the it, it seems like Don might agree based off of what I've what I've read, though, don't quote me on that. But uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, I, but I think also everybody behind the scenes, of course, associate it as the one that is. This is where we all came together. This is where we all sort of 
started at all. So I think that's that's where the affection comes from more than anything. Okay. Is is there going to be another one, or is it pretty much closed out at this point? I would say it's pretty closed out. I mean, he hasn't closed the door on it, but um, Angus Scrim was the main villain out of all five movies, and after like before the release of the fifth movie, he passed away last year. So it, yes. it'd be it would not be the same, in my opinion. I mean, there okay. is uh, there was there was a funny video of uh, Don, the director, out with. Um, Cat Lester, who plays the Lady in Lavender, she's like the female form that the the villain takes on every now and then. And there was kind of a joke that you know maybe she could like take it over for the next one, which might be cool. But I, again, I have a feeling that they might just want to keep it the way it is, just to sort of preserve it, being like, here are the five that Angus did, and yeah. this is how it's how it's like, and you can all put take them all out on uh, on blue right now. So it's it's night need to have the, this collection with all five films. I mean, I didn't even know they were doing a fifth one. This is how secretive they were about the fifth one. I didn't even know they were making a fifth when I was interviewing everybody because I was like, you know, if there were going to be a fifth movie, would you be open to it? Because the fourth movie ends on a cliffhanger. I was like, would you be open to a fifth movie? And they're just like, oh yeah. And then like maybe a couple months later, I I read like Phantasm Ravager coming out like next year. I'm like, oh my god, you guys pulled the you pulled it over my eyes. But uh, it, it was it was great to just be able to, as I said, just be a part of, yeah, have a seat at the table with the family and just getting to hear all the stories. Nice, man. And w w did you, like, first come upon the series just going through the video store and maybe Blockbuster or whatever and, and, and seeing the, the just the cover art and being like, that's cool? And I'm yeah, gonna I mean, that? You know, I, I definitely remember seeing Angus's face and showing the Silver Sphere. Um, I think I have a line about that in, in the bio, but that was my introduction. The Phantasm was just seeing that that image over and over again at Blockbuster, and of course, obviously, I was too young to rent it, or too young to ask my parents to rent it for me to see what it was about. But I, I didn't actually end up seeing the first Phantasm until that Fan Crush job. It was uh, at that Fan Crush job that I was like, uh, "Hey, uh, you need to probably research." this David Wong guy from John Dice at the end because he was really influenced by this movie Phantasm. So I'm just like, okay, fine. I'll read the book and then I'll watch the movie. And then I watch the movie. And I'm like, wow, this is like really twisted and interesting and all that. And uh, I had no idea from there that I would end up becoming sort of this historian on it, at least for this, for this book. That's fucking awesome, dude. I'm look, I'm going to fucking watch all of them. now. <laughs> at this point there's no way i'm not uh <laughs> um it, it would be a disgrace if i didn't but, but <laughs> now, that we're, now, that, now that we're all our names are in this thing yes exactly um maddie did you have any questions or stefan um no i mean right, you please. pretty much answered them i'm excited to get the box set and read like the interviews and stuff uh with them but like i'm kind of the same way i came upon phantasm at a video store vhs and my dad had seen it and he was like oh do you like i watched this movie too young <laughs> like <laughs> my father showed me a lot of horror movies i probably shouldn't have been watching but i remember watching the first one the second one i don't remember the third and fourth one that well so it'd be great to like rewatch those and i haven't seen ravager yet i heard it was not good but i gotta complete the gotta complete the series so um yeah i, I admit i've not seen the last one myself either but like i kind of i basically want to sit down and watch in the first one and watch each one consecutively so that by like because like each one ends pretty much in the cliffhanger yeah so like i don't remember enough 
because it was a while ago since I worked on this. I don't remember enough, in my opinion, for me to sort of really appreciate watching a final chapter. I want to I want a refresher beforehand. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah. I just remember watching this, being like, "What the fuck is going on in this movie? Like, this is so <laughs> weird." Feeling, it's, yeah. a, it's a lot of surreal stuff, and um, this movie came out before like Nightmare on Elm Street, and there's a lot of dream stuff in it, and kind of paved the way for like indie horror and like what could be done and the effects are fucking great throughout it like you know, i mean you see like what they accomplished on like a little indie film you know has become this like cult classic and you know the dialogue's not that great but it's it's got a charm to it so but yeah i just want to say thanks for mentioning us that was fucking cool um, not a problem. and uh yeah i mean I can't wait to read it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe then I'll have questions. But right now, I'm just like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, no problem, man. I mean, I've I have my copy, and I haven't really had time to really digest or reread. Because uh, as as I told you guys, it's been a while since I actually wrote these. So I might end up just like reading this and being like, man, this is terrible. <laughs> like, what was I thinking? <laughs> well, obviously, not not the quotes. Thankfully, it's mostly a lot of this is quotes from the actors involved. But, but they. Uh, they... Okay, go ahead, sorry. Uh, yeah, as, as I said, it was mostly quotes of the actors involved, but uh, you know, some of the other, some of, a lot of the interview is written in the style of sort of like an article or a mini biography. Especially, it, it ends on the interview of Angus Grimm, the main star, appropriately cool. enough, um, because of the fact that he was he was the main guy, and that was the longest interview. And uh, it's, it, it, I guess, it does kind of give me chills that. Um, you know, I know I know I wasn't the last person to talk to him obviously because he made a whole movie afterwards and he probably did interviews but this is probably the last published interview with him that's cool what was it like just talking with this guy oh it was this guy could have been the coolest grandfather like, <laughs> he, like honestly I talked to him and, and I was like man I wish this was my grandpa like he you know star of a horror movie and everything like that uh, I know that he didn't have grandchildren he had nieces and I think grand nieces or grand nephews or whatever um i don't know I, it's not it's not for me to say anything about about him but anyway he uh he was he was wonderful to talk to for a guy as i said for a guy who played this really twisted evil guy who killed everybody he was a sweetheart <laughs> he was he was pretty he was, he was really um humble as well i remember uh i was recording it because we weren't sure whether or not to do we were going to do an audio so that's partially why i have some audio of these guys and i was on the phone and like i introduced him as like the legendary angus scrim and he was just like his first comment was just like man i don't know about legendary that's a lot to live up to and i was like man, you, <laughs> you know i'm like you're probably the only you're probably the only like major horror actor i can think of who would like actually comment like that as opposed to just being like oh thank you you know <laughs> yeah, so, like he wanted to correct me and be like no it's i don't don't think of me that way but like we, you know, we ha we do think of him that way. The fans of this, or even even if you're not a fan of it, just like seeing his face with a silver sphere, you know what that's about. You know, you at least associate that with a, with a franchise. And um, I, I think he uh, at least appreciated deep down that this was this was where he made his mark. Was it, isn't this role as the tall man? Is this your favorite horror series of all time, personally, or? Or it's just up there, like top five situation. I mean, it's up there, but it's also, as as you can imagine, uh, I I have a bias because of the fact that I I've, I've talked to these people, I know a lot of the right. behind the scenes stuff, so it's tough for me to watch it as just a fiction thing to absorb, 
And instead, it's more just like, oh, I talked to that guy, and he told me, oh, cool, like this is the scene that he talked about where this happened, or like that's the cemetery where they shot this. And I remember this one funny story that like Ken Ken Jones is one of the one of the actors who played a minor role who had a really memorable death scene. But he was, he had a funny story about the cemetery and things like that that's in the book. And so like that, that's what I mainly associated with is uh, I guess the opportunity to talk to these people and their stories their stories involved. But yeah, as as many said. It's just kind of a really, it's a really twisted, what the hell is going on type of feeling, and it's deliberate, too. Like right. I remember getting to the end of Phantasm One, no spoilers, but getting to the end of Phantasm One, I'm going like, wait a minute, what? And like, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And I'm like, okay, maybe I have to watch like the next three movies. There were only three movies at the time. Maybe I have to watch the next three movies to understand what the hell just happened. Um, and I guess I'm still not sure what really happened, but. I'll, I'll close it out by by watching all five by the end, and maybe I'll get back to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> all right. No problem. Well, shit, man. I, I wish I had more to fucking say about this shit, but I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> all good. <laughs> maybe uh, we'll, we'll reconvene on this topic. Yeah. Well, uh, okay, I'll, I'll have something that's a good segue to what we'll talk about next. But um, Okay, yeah, go I ahead. Do, I do wish that... Because uh, Phantasm 2 was kind of released at a time that was right up against like all these other major movies and there was a hope that like this would launch the phantasm movies into like a like a household major blockbuster thing like a halloween or a nightmare on elm street type thing and unfortunately just the timing didn't work out but like if it did like i would have loved to have seen angus in more stuff i would have loved to have seen him in more villain roles and i think he would have been awesome as the scarecrow no, like oh, he's this shit. tall, lanky dude with like this really memorable, like deep voice, distinctive voice, and just imagining that underneath like a burlap sack mask. Oh yeah. Up against like yeah. I don't know, like Michael Keaton during the time, in like a Tim Burton Batman, like that would have been like really creepy and awesome. He definitely has yeah. the uh, stature and physique for a cool <laughs> scarecrow for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been awesome. Six four, he says. Mm-hmm. No, that's why he's Jesus. the tall man. I think even then they gave him like lifts or something because they he had to look really. He obviously had to tower above everybody in this, in these movies. He's got like that horror look. I'm looking at him now. It's just, I mean, no, of course terrifying. they they made him look like that, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it really like his natural look kind of caters to that, I guess. Yeah, and uh, he he was very much influenced by old school horror, so like Bela Lugosi, Boris Karloff, and everything like that. Right, and he—I mean, a lot of it is just the facial expression and the voice that he puts on. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's very little makeup because you'll see him. Uh, he does end up playing a different character at one point in the franchise, and that's when you kind of see him being a little bit more naturally anger scrim, and you realize, oh, this guy's this guy's not so bad after all. <laughs> like, like you get to see how much of it was a performance, how much of it was a character he had put on, and you just—that's when you really have to appreciate. Uh, Angus Scrim, the actor. Real quick before we go into the next topic, but uh, since you mentioned Scarecrow, did, have you? I know you're not a huge, huge gamer, but have you seen the Scarecrow uh, Injustice Two footage? Uh, yeah, I have. I think it looks weird. <laughs> like, what's your issue I, with I it? Guess it's, I guess it is. I guess it looks more like a, halluc- a hallucination version of him. Right. 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 That's yeah. my main main thing. I guess I'm just kind of a traditionalist. I just like the typical scarecrow outfit maybe with a long coat i love the cartoon version that they did where he kind of had like a death's mask right that jeffrey Combs yeah. did the voice of uh, right. i kind of prefer that 
over the sort of Freddy Krueger-esque video game version that's been in the Arkham games and the Injustice one. Yeah, yeah. So, Injustice 2 Scarecrow sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just looked at it. It's terrible. Yeah, as I said, like it doesn't really look like I'd like it to. So, I'm But, I mean, it's whatever. It's, it's it, Well, to me, it feels it's like they, 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 they wanted to... They, they saw the, the, the Scarecrow from Arkham and whenever they're under the, the, the influence of the, of the drugs... So it's like that really fantasy version of them, right? And they want they they just went with that, and that's like, and that's it. They didn't do anything else with them. Yeah, also, I mean, from a fighting game perspective, from a fighting game fan perspective, his moves, his moves are just okay. They're not like super inspired. <laughs> it feels like like when you look at the Flash on this game, he his special is he like goes to the future and bangs you into some no 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 he goes in the past and bangs you into a t-rex and then he brings you into the future and bangs you into a futuristic building or some shit i don't want to get banged by anybody yeah or you know throws you let alone a (laughs) t-rex yeah (laughs) so so i'm I'm just saying that like that feels more a little bit more inspired than than his moves you know do that to all the villains in the show then (laughs) exactly exactly so I mean, yeah, it, it could be better, but I I like the you know whenever they have like the little face to face the standoff moment in the game where he says he says something like let's explore your fear or whatever, mm-hmm. I think it's fine. I mean, it's fine. It, they, it him saying let's explore something makes it it it's kind of a callback to the, uh, you know, him being a psychiatrist. He so looks at least, like at least that's oh, there. He looks like a thin version of Oogie Boogie from. Yeah. Maybe Injustice yeah, like, Two is an illusion. Brought on by Scarecrow. Maybe, bro. In of itself. Well, yeah, because it's Maybe. like you know they they beefed him up the design of the Scarecrow up to be this like supernatural kind of being. Who knows what mm-hmm. sordid tales happening in Justice Two? Uh, yeah, so Injustice has to. It, it, it's a fighting game, so they have to get around explaining yeah. how everybody can fight each other. How can Harley Quinn fight Superman? Right. So even in the first game, there there's this where they all take like this super pill. Where... What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. I think even Alfred's taken one. That's why there's like this comic you find where Alfred beats the shit out of Superman. Yes. And I'm like, what that's, the hell? That's right, Superman. Uh, <laughs> Alfred beats the shit out of Superman in one fucking scene. Injustice. Whoa. The Injustice comic is insane, man. <laughs> I've read parts of it. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I mean, props on taking risks. There's some badass parts, though, where, you know, Black Adam is an old-ass motherfucker, right? He's like a thousand years old. He's stayed transformed (laughs) for years. Fucking, in the the Injustice comic, Wonder Woman, she makes the, she she lassos him with a lasso of truth. And she's like, say the word. And so he says Shazam, because he has no choice, right? Because this is the lasso of truth. Yeah. And when he says Shazam, he dies. She basically kills him, because... As soon as he says Shazam, he turns like a thousand years old and he fucking withers away. So it's just like like the Injustice comic is is like half non it's like half nonsense, like more nonsense than usual from comics. (laughs) But but it's also like kind of no holds barred at the same time, like where evil Superman is, you know, putting his fucking fist through Joker's right uh, uh, chest. You know, it's stuff that DC in the mainstream would just not let them do. Like, no way are we going to let Neon Superman kill Joker. No real way. Thing. But you can do it in an alternate universe. No, Yeah, non-canonical shit. It's yeah. going to be fine. And that's what Injustice is. Just, injustice is not 
canon, so they just let him go fucking nuts. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to have, like, one of the most beloved characters, Harley Quinn, not fight in this game? Are you kidding me? No, she's going to fight. So they just they just think of some bullshit reason, super pills, and then just let them, you know, let it go. That's just how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Video games, everyone. Video games. Welcome to video game. Work. What, what do you what do you want from what do you want from Netherrealm Studios? You know, that's just, that's just how we how it goes. I mean, yeah, those those Mortal Kombat games are good. The fighting aspect of it is awesome. Like the game, in in of itself, they're it plays fun. like Mortal Kombat. It really does. Yeah, it's awesome. yeah, and they're awesome. That's like one of my be- my favorite fighting systems. So it's like. I get it. It's funny. Like sometimes I wish they didn't inject things like that with so much of their own like machinations, just for sake of making it believable. Just like fucking do it. Well, you know what? It's it's funny though. Like when you play story mode in Injustice One, it's actually I, I liked it a lot. I, I thought that it, you know, even though it has a super pill thing, it's it's mostly enjoyable yeah, for sure. It, I mean, you have like a lot of the the voice actors from the Justice League cartoon are there. That's and cool. like Green, Green Arrow is saying Green Arrow shit, and Superman saying Superman shit, and it's just like <laughs> it's, a fun, it's a fun time. It really is. Yeah. Like Green yeah. Arrow has that side where he's kind of an environmentalist. You know, he's an environmentalist Buddhist type character. And like when they go to the Batcave in the uh, in the game in story mode, Green Arrow makes this comment about, well, Batman says uh, my my Batcave is lead lined, so Superman can't see in here. And then uh, Green Arrow says, "That's that's environmental, <laughs> you know, something like that." <laughs> like it's it's all there, you know. Like they they really do take the time with a lot of that stuff. So it's just, that that stuff is fun, I think. Yeah, true. Stefan, do you have a, uh, a phantasm? Have you seen it? Yeah. Back before we move on. I remember yeah, seeing yeah, right. the the first time I saw Phantasm was on like a VHS, a collection of VHS that somebody had. Yeah, it seems um, to be our common yeah. thing. Like yeah. we saw the VHS cover, and we're like, "What the hell?" But it was like, it? no, it wasn't even the actual movie. It was like Under Siege, Under Siege Two, Child's Play, and you know when you could pack like four movies onto one VHS tape, oh, really? like, sending the link. Yeah, <laughs> and Phantasm was on the end. I remember watching this like really garbled, like which added to it. You know, like it's really kind of like, but it had you know that atonal kind of soundtrack to it, just old, you know, and. uh and I remember one of my first boners was the graveyard scene <laughs> when they're, they're trying to bone, they're trying to bone in the graveyard. Yeah, I can't luster. Um, yeah, and then by boner. Yeah, and then when you get to the end, like the end kind of like twist, I guess or whatever. I I remember the last time I saw this movie being like, I love this movie. Um, so yeah, I think it's pretty good. My dog's barking. Sorry. Yeah. I will. I will say you brought up sort of the the sound. I know you meant different type of soundtrack, but uh, I think Phantasm has one of the best horror like theme songs out of yeah. all of them. Like I think it, to me, it's up there with like the the Halloween theme. God damn it! I, look, after this is recording, I'm going to be watching it <laughs> via my own channels, and then I will buy it, of course. Yeah, I had to Kill run out. And fi- I have a, a VHS copy I picked up at work for like ten cents when I was working at Half Price Books. And I watched it like a couple years ago, and I was like, "Man, I thought this movie's good. Like, I need to watch the other ones. I couldn't find them because um, they're like fantastic." They used to be on Netflix. Weird... Like that's how yeah. I tell them, and for some reason they, they, you know, know how Netflix is. Like everything just disappears at some point. And I went into this new like used DVD comic book store that was like right next to this restaurant. And I was like, "Paper Street Company." Oh, like I don't know what this is, but I see comics. I'm going in just to see what's about. And I walk over to like their they have a horror section. I was like, "Yes, these are my people." Um, 
So I walk over and Phantasm on Blu-ray, I was like, well, I guess I should do some homework before uh, we talk about it. So, um, it, it's weird that Bad Robot re, re, like re-released. Did they do all of the re-release of the Phantasm movies? I think or it was, was it just, just the first, the first, one. The first one. It was just the first one, and it's for a, f- a few reasons. One of them is that um, Phantasm was an influence on J.J. Abrams. Yeah, and, he like loves this movie. Yeah, that's why the character is Captain Phasma. Yeah. In The Force Awakens. Oh, shit. It's named after Phantasm, and she's also We are now great, somewhat like, connected to Star Wars directly, guys. And speaking of Star Wars, like... Thanks, first, Ben. <laughs> the first Phantasm, it came out in 79, but, like, it, it was... It was it took a while for them to be making it. And one thing... I don't know if it was a controversy at the time, but people did note how the little dwarf guys yeah. in the Phantasm movies were supposed to be aliens and everything, uh, they look like Jawas. Jesus yeah. fucking and you didn't really know. Of course, like you can't really say one really influenced the other because I'm pretty sure Don was making this movie before the first Star Wars came out, and obviously George Lucas didn't know what the hell was going on on the other side. <laughs> but like, it is a funny coincidence when you see like a shot of like this desert area with a whole bunch of like hooded dwarves walking around, and I'm like, wait, this looks like Tatooine. <laughs> ben, are but, you telling me that J.J. Abrams probably has this box set and has read the word um, Superhouse podcast? Possibly. I'm, I'm not ruling it out. <laughs> I will believe it and I will dream it tonight. God damn he it. Just made it boys. Said he loved the book. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the bad robot was in charge of it. They sent, I think they did a re release of the movie, I think sometime last year. Yeah. Around the same time as the fifth movie coming out. And, uh, you know, Abrams is on record with the whole, like, Phantasm Captain Phasma connection. So I would not be surprised if he has picked up a copy or somebody he knows has picked up a, somebody in that company has picked and, up a copy jj let me just tell you something right now if you're listening <laughs> jj listen to me all right <laughs> superhousepodcast at gmail.com <laughs> will you please up, email yeah. us actually just come on right now i'm, I'm yeah. sure you got ways you can figure it out how to get on here <laughs> we want to talk <laughs> about force awakens south park made fun of you for a whole season saying member berries and shit we haven't done that we love force awakens i love <laughs> member berries so so and we love member berries too actually yeah. equal opportunity lovers here but yeah that's right look jj look if you want to come on you know throw us a Just bone here on. all right sorry sorry all right back to you back to you ben sorry back to phantasm but i mean it's it, it is it is it was an influence definitely <laughs> on um, a lot of different filmmakers i imagine uh, but Abrams is definitely on record. I don't know anyone else, but I'm sure that you could probably like look it up and find others. But uh, I guess to summarize the movies, uh, the first one obviously is the one that started it all. It's the independent one. The second one is where it got a little more mainstream. It's the only one produced by Universal. It's the one that mainly got a theatrical release and a premiere. Uh, but due to the whole like studio thing, they gave Don like a choice. They're just like, hey, like we want. We want working actors here and not your buddies who were on the first one. So what's crazy is they had to re-audition no some of the actors from the first movie. And uh, they had to recast one of the characters to the studio. So for like one movie in like Phantasm, in Phantasm 2, Mike is played by a different actor. And then when Don was able to get basically his own indie thing back going for Phantasm 3, he brought the original guy back to close out, you know, to, to be in the rest of the series. Um, so Phantasm 3 is kind of when he gets he gets um, the old crew back together, in a way, because now he's more in charge than Universal. 
Phantasm Four is kind of a it's sort of this weird it's partially a direct to video sequel, but also contains cutscenes from Phantasm One mm. that he inserted in to now have a new context. So it's like this weird back and forth where you're just like, Wow, holy shit, these flashbacks look great and then you realize, Oh, this is cut footage from the first movie. <laughs> that that isn't in the first movie, oh, wow. so like he was able to like pull off a flashback storyline without doing the whole weird like trying to shoot new footage and trying to make the actors look all younger. He already had the footage. That's okay. cool. So and then Phantasm Five is the only one that's not directed by Don, but it's produced by Don. I think and, he wrote it too. Uh, yeah, he had his yeah. writing credit for it. Definitely. Yeah, he. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, uh, he co-wrote it with David Hartman, who's the <laughs> who's the director, and obviously that's the one that closes out the series that uh we're all going to have to check out at some point um mm. and uh that's that's the, those are the five movies uh but i think there was going to be there was going to be this one script they never produced it that at one point had both actors who had played mike uh show up and there would be some <laughs> sort of continuity explanation about like why there were like two guys why the same character was played by two actors at one point and i think that was like this was way before like everything got so continuity heavy so like this might have been like one of the first instances of that because like nowadays like everyone's like like you know re- everybody like freaks out about recasting i feel or like oh no you know continuity has been like destroyed or whatever <laughs> whereas like back then like you know you could go you could jump from george connor you know not george connor george you know sean connery to george lazenby back to sean connery then to roger moore within like you know four movies of james bond right you know? Nobody really cared and now these days you're just like you know is daniel craig gonna stay on are they gonna like reboot after daniel craig like what are they gonna explain if i just elba takes over like all this type of stuff but like back then like people just rolled with it they're just like oh recast whatever yeah exactly one of the things i, th- I thought about recently actually like earlier today or, or yesterday was that like i i think that like back in the day if you were watching a show you just kind of caught it when it was on yeah. You know, you 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 didn't like worry if you caught like the whole season or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I feel like people are much more. I guess the internet makes it easier to be so, but people are much more hardcore about that these days. Yeah, you can't really do that anymore. Like I remember, I had introduced my mom to Arrow, and she had <laughs> she had watched the first season. She was watching the first season, and she's like, "Oh, like there's a new episode tonight," and it was the middle of season two, and so she jumped from season one to season two. And she was completely lost. She's like, okay, wait a minute. Where's, where's Tommy Merlin? Who the fuck is Slade Wilson? And right, 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 like, right. I had to explain to her, I'm like, you're not supposed to jump like that. Now you, yeah, exactly. You, you know Slade as the bad guy before he was even introduced as the good guy. And she's They're like, I guess I can't. Too, yeah. Apparently. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's a little... It's a little weird what the hell is going on over there. Because like, they're like, Manu Bennett's coming back. And Manu Bennett's like, I'm not coming back. And then now it's like, okay, we don't even know who's coming back. I don't know if it's like a publicity thing or what. They dude, they they have low ratings and they're trying desperately to get back to their their glory days. But that's I mean, a whole will, other conversation. I know. I will I will say this season has been like a return, in my opinion. To, Is it really good? You know, you been, saying it, that restores hope in me. Dude, like it's 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 probably the best out of the Berlanti ones right now. God it, damn it. It's back to where it was before. It like it it it's almost as if like Flashpoint like deleted season three and four, even though it didn't. But like, so I have more shit to watch now. Is that what you're saying? I, I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like you know, out of out of ones, I I feel it's it's, it's weird now. It's, I always feel like there's a dynamic shift because sometimes like 
you know, Arrow season one and two came out, and I'm like, okay, this is awesome. And then like Flash premiered, and it seemed like the best writers of Arrow went to Flash, and Arrow's like quality. And now it seems like the reverse just happened, in my opinion. Really? Um, Seriously, that bad? Look, Flash is not as good as it used to be, but it's still pretty much watchable in my in my perspective. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not saying I, it's I terrible right now, but I, I think there's been a dip. Yeah, there's been a bit of dip. I'm a little tired of the whole, like, oh, here's another speedster who might be somebody who, you know, might be a future version or might be some sort of version of somebody who oh, dude, thought was a present. Oh, dude, we get, we get into like, this, man. Uh, <laughs> so I watch them all by, by the week, right? Yeah. Dude, do they ever fucking let Jesse Quick do a goddamn thing? Oh, my God, dude. We've it's had, just, like... 18 episodes with her in it and like it's always motherfucking um kid flash doing some shit it's his fucking story arc and we never see jesse quick do shit there's even like a bunch of scenes where they're like you need to stay home and not do this you know what i mean and there's, i know i know that like these guys are progressive I thinkers i know they're progressive thinkers they have a lot of gay characters and whatever the fuck but dude they're they're slipping on fucking jesse quick what the fuck is going on with that I mean, I can't, I can't answer for them, obviously, but like, <laughs> the Flash, like Team Flash, has gotten so huge, like you could honestly cut half the cast and put them on their own spinoff. And exactly. At this point. See, Jesse Quick do like run fast for the first time. Like she's supposed to be another Flash character, another speedster, but she doesn't do shit. That's been one of my main things. But also, like, this has become a total tangent, and I apologize for that, guys. <laughs> I really do, but. But fucking um, uh, uh, Savitar, man, he's really look. He looks cool, but he's he's not really that great of a villain. I I, I think that like, sure, he's fast, and like it's always like I'm not fast enough. I'm not fast enough, even though I'm not Flash. I'm not fast enough. But it, it, to me, to me, it's like with when 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 Wells was the was Reverse Flash. That, that was, was really best. really interesting. That was. That was a villain that made sense and 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 and, and all that, but it it seems like they're. Savitar is not personal. Am I? Am I? What no. do you think about that, Ben? Well, it's not personal because we don't know what the, like he was like. You ruined my life and everything, and it's supposed to be because of some future thing that happened. But because it's a future thing that happened, we're not invested because we're just like, okay, we don't, <laughs> yeah, we don't know exactly. who you are, or anything yeah. like that. Like Reverse Flash, like that was. That was pretty much the height of where the Flash was at because of the fact that, like, you're like, whoa, this is really interesting. The guy in the wheelchair is not really in a wheelchair. The whole mentor figure is not quite who we think he is. Yeah. And then yeah, we yeah, turned yeah. out he's not even Harrison Wells. Like, what the hell is this? And it was, yeah, it was such a great way to like twist the comic canon on its on its head. And then it was a little disappointing when Zoom came in, and it was kind of like, oh, guess what? He's also another speedster, and he's also a guy who th- you thought was going to be your buddy. Um. I mean, I love the Jay Garrick twist. That that, that, that was that, that was, was cool. That he was actually his, you know, who who the real Jay Garrick was. Like that was probably one of the best DC moments of all of last year, in my opinion. But then again, like, how many speedsters are you going to put on the show? Like at this point, yeah. like I'm the fastest man alive, and the joke online is like, well, no, not compared to uh, Reverse Flash, Zoom, Savitar, Wally. Like, <laughs> you're exactly, like exactly. the slowest of the speedsters, if anything. You know, seriously, because, I mean, at, at this point in the show, Kid Flash is faster than fucking Flash is. And, and yeah, it shouldn't like, really be like that. It's like, yeah. dude, okay, I get you. Uh, it's cool. I, I like the fact that he was learning faster than the Flash. Mm-hmm. But now it's to the point where he's making Kid Flash do his own fucking work. 
to, you know what I mean? To to because he's not fast enough. Right. This is a whole other tangent. I didn't expect to get on this. But, <laughs> but look, look, I watch The Flash every fucking week, and when there's not a fucking episode like this week, I get upset. And Damn. I wish there was a fucking episode this week, but there wasn't. That Abracadabra episode, I was expecting to be terrible, but it was actually pretty fucking good. Abracadabra, I think, is a better villain than Savitar. <laughs> Dude, it really is, bro. And I was excited. I was I was surprised by that because fucking uh, I was not expecting. I saw, like, the thumbnail and, like, one, like, little headline online. And I was like, this is going to be one of the lame episodes. The guy's name is Abracadabra. Fuck this guy. <laughs> but no, it was but actually, he, he was, he was it was actually one of the better fucking episodes of the whole fucking season. Yeah, no, the uh, it that was definitely one of the better ones. Um, I'm gonna, I'll put this on record. I thought the musical episode was probably the best episode of the first yeah, season. Dude, that was pretty good. Pretty <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, like it, it was because it was it had a nice close-ended story. It didn't have anything to do with the Savitar stuff. Exactly. And yeah. I just, you know, I I enjoy the show. I I care for the characters and everything like that. But it does feel like you know it, it's time to put the whole evil speedster thing to rest and like just oh, give us sure. other flash rogues for him to fight uh i guess to give us a segue what do you guys think of so far what you've seen of the cinematic flash go ahead maddie or stefan uh <laughs> well he's not grant gustin that's for fucking sure um <laughs> Fuck uh, I, I mean i like ezra miller as an I, I like ezra miller as an actor i'm excited to see what he does with the flash um I think one of my favorite movies with him in it is like we need to talk about Kevin like that he's just so fucking good in that movie and that movie is just like so great and upsetting and just like hard to watch but uh, yeah I'm interested to see him to see what he's gonna do it doesn't bode well that they keep on fucking losing directors and writers for that fucking movie exactly um, but I don't think that's anything to do with the actor or anything no. I think it's for I don't I honestly I have no fucking clue what's going on on the DC camp or like what's like they just seem to be losing everything and it's like mm-hmm. I, I don't know but I mean I'm I'm excited to see Ezra Miller I just I just kind of wish they would take some of these like the CW characters and maybe throw them into the cinematic universe just so we can have a bit of a crossover because I think it'd be cool no one's doing it you know like the actual like the actors like Grant yeah Gunn and like Hunter. yeah I just I think that would be cool to see them in that like. I'd like to see Grant and Gunson play like a darker, like a darker Flash and Zack Snyder's like Justice League movie. You know, like I think that'd be interesting to see him act different, or you know, because I mean, yeah, CW, sure. you definitely have to have a certain kind of. It has a CW feel, you know, but I'm sure that guy has more range than just the Flash, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, um, he CW's started out as yeah, he started out as a villain in Glee. Like oh, if, you, sure. if you watch his Glee episodes, uh, I've seen clips. But uh, he he can, he basically plays this smug, arrogant douchebag, oh, really? and it's just really interesting to watch because he's such a Boy Scout on the Flash. That's and I'm just like, oh, this could be cool if you know he ever had to play an evil version of Barry or whatever, or he have to play something in between. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> how much more recognizable of a cameo could it have been if it was the TV Flash in Batman vs Superman? Oh, you know, right. yeah. I think that's like, oh, down nice. to like. I, I think I think we're under the assumption as fans that these 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 the cinematic cinematic universes and the television universes, like the the people who are working on those are very are that tightly connected. Right. Yeah. You know, like like yeah. as with the X Men films, you know, Caliban ends up in two different X Men films, and they didn't <laughs> yeah. even know they didn't right. even know that one was in the other script or whatever. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's I just mean, like and and then it's like so it's like you know it's like then Grant Gustin is pulling overtime for this movie job. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I even Marvel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Marvel Cinematic Universe can't even like really cross over the TV stuff. Yeah. Like once Coulson think, showed up in the field, yeah, he couldn't even put on the movies. I think it would be a cool concept right. to see some of that, especially like like it would be really great to see Luke Cage come up in one of the newer Marvel movies because it seems like that's an easy kind of character to shoehorn in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the Flash, it seems like he's it's too like some about human audiences you know people can't marry those two or like get over those two and especially people who don't watch either the show or don't know like because a lot of people are going to only know ezra miller as the flash from here on out yeah um so it would be cool i think it would be cool to see that but also it's just like it seems like the movies are working at a different pace that the television shows are working so it's just like we got to make decisions we got to have we got ideas um but all that to be said, I think Ezra Miller looks cool. I haven't actually seen him in a lot of stuff other than, you know, to be honest, other than that um, Amy Schumer movie. <laughs> uh, Trainwreck? Yeah, where he plays the intern. That is honestly the only thing I've ever seen Ezra Miller and I haven't Me seen too. talk about Kevin. I really want to. Yeah, the need to talk about Kevin is on Netflix right now, so none yeah. of you have any excuses. See you now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but I think he looks awesome. Like just in that first little teaser too, where he's like, you're the Batman and stuff like that. It's like, all right, cool. And I think the suit looks okay. I don't know. It's hard to actually jump on any one side because I watched a little bit of the flash. I love Grant Gustin's flash. I never finished. I haven't gotten that far into it. Um, and then, and then the whole Ezra Miller flash, you know, it's just like, it's, it fits into that universe. Again, it's like that injustice discussion we were having earlier, where it's just kind of like, you know, the movies and the TV universe are kind of, you know, they're connected only because that's kind of the trend now, but really it's like, we're doing our thing over here and you guys do your thing over there and, right. you know, and we'll see who makes more money. Exactly. <laughs> it is kind of, I, I do sort of wish that they did have as many, I guess, restrictions on the TV yeah. stuff, because like I was just dying for them at the end of the invasion crossover uh, last year for CW to just just call them the Justice League. I mean, come on, they had the Hall of Justice and everything. Yeah. I was like, just call them the Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I knew they probably couldn't yeah. do that because of yeah. like whatever like rights reasons or whatever. Yeah, it's like a stepping on toes kind of situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, they <laughs> should just they should totally just like recast some of these people then, because there's already a Superman and Supergirl. So like, yeah. what's keeping us from having someone play Batman in the TV universe? Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't mind. That's, if there was that. that's a that's a prospect I think is fucking should is is too and little. It would be cool just to have Batman show up. Like I don't need a Batman series, but just to be like, oh shit, we're calling in the Justice League and Batman shows up because then it would be like an oh shit moment. Like we get Batman, yeah. you know, like because with Gotham, whatever the fuck Gotham is, like I, I love Gotham Justice for its weirdness, part. but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, well, I mean, I, you can't really. It's, it wouldn't be much of a satisfying crossover. There's like, yeah, we're gonna crossover with Gotham. And you're like, what? You're gonna have the kid who isn't Batman yet? Uh, yeah. Flash? Like, it's, it's not gonna have the same effect. I will say that three they, more years. Yeah, the last Gotham episode was fucking badass, though. <clears throat> but yeah. um, I would, I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, you know, Batman obviously in the CW version. Obviously, you might have to give him a bit you might have to change up a bit of him simply because like you wouldn't want him to necessarily be uh exactly like oliver because their oliver just happens to be exactly like bruce wayne you should make <laughs> an older you should make a, an older batman for sure that'd be cool yeah, like just to separate him from all the young people because like that way you could kind of look up to him and be like a father figure almost mm-hmm. to these younger heroes or something just to offset all these young heroes that's what i think anyway i yeah. think that would be awesome like an older Definitely. batman a seasoned kind of- batman 
Affleck's kind of playing that in the new trailer, you know, he's kind of yeah. like as that he's already edging towards that older Bruce Wayne, the whole I'm rich line and everything, yeah. which yeah. We'll, we'll get to. But um, <laughs> like it would it, be awesome to see Affleck reprise the older Bruce Wayne role in like 10 years in a Batman Beyond television show. Or something like that, yeah. So like, it's... like that, yeah. Radio show. <laughs> Radio, yeah. I don't know. Podcast. I don't know, man. You could even do no. Batman. They need to do a Batman Beyond live action, like a CW series, and just have an old Bruce Wayne, and the, we get to meet yeah. the young Batman, the new Batman in this like mm-hmm. new CW universe of DC stuff. I don't know, man. I'd fucking mm-hmm. eat that shit up if they had a like Batman Beyond or something. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I remember that was your dream Batman movie. Do you think they'll ever show the Batman in Gotham? Do you think that's how the show's going to end? I think it, honestly, I think the show's last season should be Batman Year One. Oh, like yes, when the, totally when the exactly. yeah, when the kid is all grown up and everything, you put him in a bat suit, and then you're just like, all right, you guys were have been waiting like I don't know, like eight seasons for a Batman show. Yeah. This is the Batman show. We're just gonna have do him do it. At, have him do it at like eighteen, where he's like super young Batman. Because at oh, what point do, yeah. did he, you know? Anyway, I don't know. No, I would love to see that. Like, yeah. I think as this kid grows up, I would love to see a young Batman adventures. Maybe yeah, not in the in the full, not in the full like Batman garb, but like you know, kind of like what they did with Daredevil, where he's just kind of in a ninja suit or something. Like, don't yeah. don't copy yeah. it, but like get him to the point. And then, like you said, the last season. And I mean, even if they're like, yeah. So I mean, just like <laughs> have him try different things out, like different outfits and stuff i don't know i mean you yeah. can, like the thing about gotham that's so great that i love about you can literally do anything in this universe because there are no rules because they're fucking everything up yeah. so it's like like who cares like just turn him into batman now or you know wait a couple of years and do it yeah and, uh, and now it's like he came up with the you know sorry for spoilers guys but uh it's a really minor one but like in this version he comes up with the no kill policy because of his encounter with the early joker as opposed to having it beforehand, and I'm just like, oh, that actually really fits, in my opinion. So like, all I like it when it's twists like that, or it's like stuff that hints at like what the future is. When it's other things that seem like it's going all over the place, like Riddler's girlfriend getting reincarnated and then killed again because Penguin's in love with him or something like that, then I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, that's like the last episode I watched when they like that whole love story between them. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna take a break. Just yeah, no. I'll get back to this in a minute. Yeah, that's it's not my that wasn't not the the highlight of the show, but like it's got a great Hugo Strange. Um, I always love it when they focus on Bruce's training, and um, Cameron Monaghan kicks ass in that um, pre Joker type uh, character he's playing. No, oh, yeah. So it's uh, it's been good. Uh, for let's see, in terms of like Justice League stuff, um, I guess one comment that I had that I think is kind of a missed opportunity. Maybe it's just a purist in me, but um, what I was I was kind of looking back and I saw that there were these set visits to the Justice League and they were mm-hmm. talking about how like the costume's a little different for Batman and everything. And one person even thought that he uh, the color of the new suit was blue. And uh, <laughs> obviously it wasn't because uh, once you saw like the footage and everything, it was, it, it, it's still like black and gray. But it did throw me for a minute because I'm just like, what if they did do the blue bat suit, but had an actual reason for it? And here's what it could have been. Because um, if you think about it, like, there's the classic blue Batman suit, right? He's got the yellow oval. This is like in the 1970s, or well, like where Neil Adams made it famous. But like he even had that back in like the 40s or, or whatever, and then had the yellow oval in the 50s. And it's kind of it's kind of weird, isn't it? If you think about it, because like bats aren't blue, you know? Right. And then the yellow oval. 
But what if in this version, it all made sense because it tied into Superman's death? Because Superman dies, and what if he did, like, okay, to honor Superman, I'm going to use that dark blue in my costume and do the oval thing as, like, my tribute to him as because I'm going to become more of a hero. I'm going to be more like what he inspires me to be. And then that explains the blue and blue and gray suit. That could have been cool, in my opinion, to, like, have an excuse to have the classic suit uh, for maybe just one movie in for the Justice League because he would have also been sort of like a modern day take of the Super Friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not saying like I should turn it into Super Friends, but like I I guess I appreciate it more when instead of changing the comic book, they find ways to justify what the look is. So in my opinion, that could have been something that was cool is if they did the blue, blue and gray. Not saying that you know it's disappointing that they didn't. It would be a cool alternative. I still love like the suit that they have right now. I think it looks great. But it's just something that they could have done because of the whole idea that's unique to this version where like Superman is dead and the Justice League is created because of that. I like the the fact that like the one in the in the trailer that we got is like it's like mostly black but then with gray highlights. Like the mm-hmm. the, the, the suit is black itself but the the bat symbol is gray, correct? Uh, or is there's a few gray in the like that just in the post like, yeah yeah I don't know it doesn't really look like that in the movie right but maybe there's an, at some point yeah there's an action figure out that has like a bla- a dark outside and a light bat symbol that just looks that's, weird to me that's floating around and I wasn't yeah I wasn't sure if that bit shows up in the movie or not we know he has that tactical suit it might have something to do with that yeah, the tactical suit just looks like a more armored version. Maybe there's a like camouflage and some Metal Gear action. Maybe down, possibly. People compared the light, like the light colored bat symbol to uh, the George Clooney, <laughs> the George Clooney <laughs> outfit. True, yeah, <laughs> it was, like, that's exactly it was, what we want people to remember. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Actually, maybe it was a custom figure or some. Because <laughs> um, I yeah I do remember that Clooney one. It seems like they would probably try and stay away from anything reminiscent of that. So, like, you know, before we get really kind of like nitpicky in it, but let's go from from general to nitpicky, okay? If that's okay, okay. with everybody, sure. sounds good. Ben, your general opinion of Justice League trailer two, as far as like a broad scope, what DC Universe, how it's going, and also, of course, what this movie is going to be. You know what I'm saying? You have any? Yeah. Let's comment on that first. I mean, I think the biggest challenge is overcoming the stigma that that's already on it. Uh-huh. So what they need to do is basically just make us care about the characters, and I think that's the, that's their hurdle. Like yeah. with an Avengers trailer, you people are like, "Oh yeah, I've seen like Captain America, Thor, Hulk, and Iron Man. Like now they're all together because I've seen all those movies." Now it's like, "Well, I've seen the movies, but I still don't give a shit." <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and it's, it's like thinly connected all of it. Exactly. So right. it, way, way thinner than Marvel, anyway. What you need is because, like, I think Snyder tried to compare it to the Seven Samurai. Like, you know, this is almost like a Seven Samurai with superheroes sort of thing with Justice League. I'm like, okay, that's cool, but you got to remember, like, people cash checks your butt can't. <laughs> what he said, like, you, like, you, you pretty much need to rely on the fact, like, yeah, a lot of these characters are being introduced in this movie. Right, um, right, right. So right. you gotta, you gotta bargain on the fact that, like, you can't use past movies or anything, and you can't. And this is is an issue I kind of had with BVS. You can't just use, like, the fact that they're the superheroes or the main characters or even, like, comic book knowledge to expect us to care either. In the theater, you have to find your own scenes 
to make us do that. So right. uh, that's why, you know, one example I bring up is how, like, Avengers, the guy who stole the show out of the heroes was the Hulk. Now, how many people who saw the Avengers and thought Hulk stole the show, how many of those people actually saw the Hulk movies? Probably very few of them. Right. But they found a way to make you think, oh, Hulk is cool. I think they need to do that with, like, all the characters in this. They need to be able to be like, okay, here's what these guys are about, and here's why you should care. And I think until they do that, these trailers and everything is just going to look like cool comic book stuff come to life, but it's going to feel empty because nobody's really going to feel much attachment to it. Yeah, that's that's the kind of thing I, I can I feel too at times where when when they show the shots of the of the heroes in front of that background, it's like this uh orangish apocalyptic looking background and it's like it's cut to the music and it shows like the Flash and Batman and Wonder Woman and Cyborg and uh Aquaman. Uh it, it's like it's like it looks cool, but it's like it's like, dude, this this doesn't have as much impact as I wish that it would. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you're trying to be as cool as possible, and it's kind of working, but it's not. It's not. It's not uh, hitting as much as it could be. I yeah. guess. I guess. My, my two it. cents, real quick, is that I, I think that Aquaman kind of steals the show. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we might be looking at the DC universe hinging on Aquaman mostly. You know. Yes. <laughs> Not Batman for you know in, in this strange world that we live in. You know, like like him 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 being like those bat Aquaman suit, movies are bat suit, I, bat suit, I dig it, you know, and, and, and him him riding on the fucking Batmobile and throwing the fucking trident at a parademon. I mean you never know who, who awesome, bro. Yeah, who thought that like with Marvel people would be like, Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy you know, when exactly. like years before like nobody knew who the hell they, those guys were. Totally. Right. So like yeah, maybe it does hinge on Aquaman. I don't know. He does seem to like when they first cast him, I thought, okay, you know, he's just going to be some gritty badass dude. And then now that he actually has, it looks like he has some humor to him. He actually has some exactly. character to him. Like, okay, maybe this will turn out. He might be like a grittier version of the brave and the bold Aquaman, who was kind of this boisterous, sort of fun-loving, lovable character. So they might do something like that. That would be that would be a twist, especially goes against type for Jason Momoa, guy who's like you know known for being called Drogo and everything. If you saw that, oh, he's not actually just playing called Drogo as Aquaman, then yeah. you know that could be interesting. We'll see. Right. Did you have a favorite part of the trailer at all, Ben? What? Did you have a like a single favorite part? Oh, of the um, I gotta hand it to the probably the the ending. Uh, seeing J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon, them on the rooftop, the Justice right. League on the rooftop, Aquaman having that line, and then Aquaman jumping off the Batmobile, like all that type of stuff, I thought was like really cool. That was the best part, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I think J.K. Simmons is going to be pretty pretty good. I don't think he's cast wrong at all. Uh, a lot of people like to hate on DC casting, but I don't see anything really wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so one thing I wanted to say before you have to go in a few minutes uh, – right. Uh, uh, and this is uh, something that Mark Bernardin brought up on Batman on Batman, you know, the Kevin Smith podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said that it, it seems like uh, what you call it. Uh, if since the flash and cyborg might not happen is what it's looking like, especially cyborg. Fuck dude. If they can't get the flash off the ground, they, they're not going to get the cyborg off the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, they, they're going to shuffle back to being a bat, a, a, a bat family centric universe, especially with Joss Whedon mm-hmm. uh, becoming the Batgirl. B- yeah doing Batgirl, and that's gonna you know reinvigorate some shit as well. So uh, we're going to see 
what you know what people were originally thinking was it's going to be a Justice League centric universe, mm-hmm. but if if that doesn't work out, which you know there's chances are that it might not, uh, they're going to go to a Bat Family universe where you're going to have a Nightwing movie, a Bat a Batgirl movie, and and so on. You know, Batman's always been DC's number one guy, so. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's going to ultimately be be the move, or do you think that you'd like to see it just be Justice League based, or what? I mean, it's a possibility considering the fact they got a Batman movie, they got a Nightwing movie, and then they got a Batgirl movie coming up. Right. So, like, like you don't hear them saying, "Oh, we're also going to do a Kid Flash movie for Flash," right? right? So, like, or Wonder Gal or whatever. So, Aqualad. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't hear about any of that stuff. It's all like Batman centric, even for characters that aren't even like you know Nightwing and, and Batgirl. Okay, you kind of saw variations of Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon in the past, but you haven't like met these versions yet or whatever. So it is kind of interesting gamble. Uh, I am sort of wondering if some of this is to prepare for the um, potential future where Affleck leaves, because I know that there's rumors of it, but like you know, at some point he's probably going to check out. There's rumors. There's rumors that he hates it. There's rumors that he's like he failed again because he he had hopes in there being in Batman vs Superman, and he was saying you know that Daredevil he he was like no bro I'm not going to make the same mistake again. Right. And then he made the same mistake again. (laughs) Right. That sucks. And then Batman vs Superman is a way better movie than fucking Daredevil. That's true. To say that so he did. I think he he stepped up a notch for sure. He stepped up a notch, but still ultimately not not amazing and then right now what's going on with matt reeves supposedly is that you know there's uh the script that he and jeff johns wrote was fucking thrown out the window and now they're fucking doing making some completely other different scripts yeah so so like how's ben affleck feel about all this you know like the rumors that he wants to leave the the franchise is not uh totally unbelievable you right. know what I mean? No, it's not. So, like, I can see why they're saying that. So, if it does happen, my take is that what you do is that you, okay, you have him do his Batman solo movie, right? You introduce Nightwing and that. You do your Nightwing movie, have Batman and that, whatever. Have a couple movies to sort of see the camaraderie between the two of them. Then you do a take on either Nightfall or Batman R.I.P. Bruce Wayne goes out of the picture or whatever, and Dick Grayson takes on the mantle. Yeah, it'd be great. And nice. then you continue Batman without Ben Affleck, but instead of the whole like, oh, like we recast Ben Affleck with someone else because you know, and this is like the fourteenth person to play Batman. This is going to be like, oh, this is not a recast. This is another character taking it on, and now you're going to get to see Dick Grayson's Batman. And you're going to see right, what he yeah. does, and then you get to adapt um, Grant Morrison's famed like Batman and Robin take. Yes. If no, you introduce like awesome. if you introduce Damien along the way too, then like oh, even yeah. better. So then. So then, like, you're out of the clear, because then you're just like, hey, guess what? You know, yeah, you lose Bruce Wayne, but instead, like, guys, you get a, like, you get a movie of Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin. You get Damian yeah. Wayne on DC screen. DC hire Ben. DC hire <laughs> Ben. Jesus Christ, man. I'm already excited, and this shit isn't even happening. <laughs> I already bought my ticket. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's, I think that's how you solve it. You'd be like, you know, Bruce Wayne's out, and then, okay, fine, we'll do, you know, Dick Grayson, Batman, and Damian Wayne Robin versus Professor Pig and Dr. Hurd and Joker or whatever, and and go for that, yeah. And that, you know, there's there's your fix, because then, like, Batman fans are just like, oh, well, I know this. Right. Because, like, you know they're probably not going to do, you know, whatever the solo movie's going to be, it's probably not going to be him versus Bane again or him 
going up against Catwoman or even just him one-on-one with Joker. Like, there's going to be some sort of take on it. It's got to be, because they know that there's other stuff has been done. And I think, like, this is the whole, the, with the Bat family, you have the opportunity to explore a lot of the other stories they never did. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the other stories, a lot of times they just stop after, like, Robin or Batgirl just come to the picture, but they never explore, like, you know, when did Dick Grayson quit, and how did Jason Todd die, and what happened to turn Barbara Gordon to Oracle? Or, like, you know, what happens when Batman back gets broken and he has to pass on the mantle? You know, how does he feel about passing on the mantle? It's all sorts of, like, rich mythology that, like, none of the movies have touched. You might have seen some of it in the cartoons. Yeah, but none of the movies have touched it. They haven't got far enough, you know? They they really, they just never get, they just never get that far. The movies never last that long. You have an older Batman, like, you can totally do this. And then lead into Batman Beyond, and boom, there you go. Yeah, you could even follow Batman oh, Beyond movie the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take my money. Bend <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. After after all the Batman and Robin movies, and like whoever is Dick Grayson's like, okay, you know, I'm done with being Batman. Like, and, but Batman and Vice like, you know what? I want to come back. Then you do right. Batman Beyond. Oh! Ba- Dude, you know, sci-fi <laughs> sells well worldwide, too. Mm-hmm. And if it was Batman meets sci-fi, it's it just, God, man, it it's just such a fucking no-brainer. It really is. I, I I would just love to see that movie. I mean, I, I would love for Rocksteady to make a fucking video game, like oh, make God. a video game yeah. of that, like a current oh, version. Oh my God! Of, you know, you got the audience that'd be for so it. fucking dope. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, anything that Rocksteady does with Batman at the like, it's gonna make fucking shit tons of money. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even have to worry about it. Like, just make it, guys. Come on, listen to this podcast. Make this fucking game. That would be amazing. And th- you know, there's a lot of. There's a lot of like uh, rumors about r- what Rocksteady's doing right now. You know, there's they they they've been tr- hiring. Uh, what do you call it? I, th- I think they were hiring like some of the Justice League actors or something, and it it caused like a bunch of rumors that week online. Uh, so whatever they're working on now, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. I think they'll probably announce it the week of E3. And uh, I mean, they're done with Batman. They said, so uh, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, that's, it's going to be interesting to seeing uh, what else they explore in both the video games, the movies, or whatever. So, as a Batman fan, you know, I'm excited, but it's also, I imagine everybody's a little skeptical to see if they're going to pull it off. But we'll see. So, Ben, you don't play the games, but you're, you're, you are you're kind of keep track of the uh, storylines in the games? You watch the cutscenes yeah, online? Yeah, I kind of know vaguely what happened in the other Arkham games and, and everything. Right. Yeah. I mean, the the best storyline is probably the second one, which was Arkham City, where he, where he kind of like saves the Joker. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, spoilers, but you know, the Joker kind of kills himself. Yeah. That was such an awesome ending. And then uh, the late, the, the most recent one. I mean, of course, the gameplay is always pretty good, but the the storyline just kind of got got con- too convoluted between uh, what's his name, uh, Jason Todd, Arkham Knight. And uh, Scarecrow was like, dude, just choose one, bro. Right. Just choose one of these guys, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're both cool, but it just got too a little bit too much. Yeah, and if I, you've ever read like a everybody... Todd storyline, it's you know what the fuck's gonna happen. It's yeah, gonna... you already knew who Arkham Knight was. Everybody kind of figured that out. Yeah. So you know, whatever. Uh, it's fine. I heard the. I, have you guys played the Telltale games before? I, before I jump off, uh, have you guys played the Telltale games? Because I've heard those are really cool. I played the first two episodes. They're great. 
Okay. <laughs> I haven't played it yet. And then you, was it so amazing you didn't keep going on? Like, well, because I, I, didn't, I didn't buy the season pass right oh, off, okay. so now like, they're all out, and I'm just like, I gotta go episode by episode. I guess I could buy the whole season pass if I wanted to, but I just haven't got around to them since then. I got um, it. Yeah, but, I've heard some really interesting twists on the thought yeah. of that one. Yeah, the way they did Penguin was cool. I like their Penguin a lot. I heard that they did it mainly based on uh, it was more about Bruce Wayne than Batman, which was, seems like pretty cool. Is that, is that, is that accurate there, or no? There's more of a focus on your interaction with that character. Okay, right. You 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 play mainly as Bruce Wayne and not. They kind of yeah. Think you get to choose. You get to choose. You, yeah. Well, there are different there are different episodes. There are different moments where you're Batman and where you're Bruce. But the Bruce Wayne moments are like palpable gameplay. You know, it's like they want you to be in this guy's shoes and make decisions as Bruce Wayne. So when later you're making decisions as Batman you see where the division is created. It's really it's really cool. It's a really good job like in terms of storytelling because you get two main characters basically that you're making decisions differently and it, it kind of begs the question like what kind of Batman are you? What kind of Bruce are you? So mm -hmm. they're really cool. I do want to finish them. Yeah, I want to check that out too. So awesome guys. That's that costume I... in a few years too. That shit is awesome. The the bat costume in the in the game? Yeah. No, yeah, all the all the designs look really interesting. The penguin one is unique. Um, Catwoman looks, yeah. She's oh yeah, Catwoman of course. Uh, what else am I thinking of? Oh yeah, the just the Children of Arkham designs are just like oh, they, yeah, they, they had. Yeah, they had, from what I've seen, it's, it's like they kind of threw a lot of the canon, not necessarily out the window, but they like threw it in a blender and it's just like, all right, we're yeah. gonna mix it up. We're gonna. You think That's, this is yeah. it's going this way? It's not. It does right. Feel that way. Thanks for coming on again, man. Fucking awesome. Right Thanks on. for the fantastic Thank shout out and all that. No yes. problem. Thank you, sir. All right, guys. You can pick up. Yeah, you guys can pick up the collection. I think. Uh, I mean, I picked mine up on Amazon. That was the easiest way. Right. And uh, enjoy. Yeah, for sure, Thanks, man. Dude. We'll Thank have you. you back on once we watch them all. We can talk about our phantasm love. I even got to watch the last one. So, like, we'll, <laughs> yeah, right, we'll all, yeah. like, do a recap. How about yeah. that? Cool. Tight. Sounds good, man. All right, guys. Bye. See you, man. Later. Bye. Sweet bros. Oh, uh, ben Juan. Ben Juan. So you want to move on into? Wait, we didn't finish Justice League. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, sure. Let's keep going with that. Uh, um, Stefan, go ahead. Oh yeah. So just wait, real whoa. quick. <laughs> wait, it's what? fucking Star Wars, man. Fuck Justice League. Oh, I just. I'm just kidding. Wait, wait. Just say what you gotta say. I'm ready to talk about new things. We're we're rounding <laughs> we're rounding out the section. We Can should also be... do Thor talk as well. Yeah, That'll right. be after Star Wars. Um, I just want to go real quick. Then, if Maddie doesn't want to say anything about Justice League, I'm just take up all the time here. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll no, ask. I'm about to sign off this motherfucker. My, my general uh, emotion looks funner than the last few. I like that there's superhero shit in it this time and it's cool to see enemies that are not other superheroes slash disposable robots which would be cool if it was Brainiac but it's nice to see these like alien creature things and see Batman like throwing bombs and stuff and like really getting seeing them attack this otherworldly force with their otherworldly powers because it's so much back and forth it seems like because the villains on earth are no longer strong enough for us to give a shit like we need these otherworldly threats now 
might be something embedded in the mythology, y'all. But we need something bigger and better for these superheroes really to gain their hero status again, speaking probably just in the DC. I mean, I guess in the Marvel too, because they've been building towards Thanos and everything. But um, with DC now, like what Ben was kind of getting at is like what they need now is to like make us care. Um, and I think the way to do that is is the villain, is the, the, the outside forces that are now bringing these heroes together because the whole thing is otherwise they wouldn't be together if it was, you know, because they hadn't been up until now. Um, right. So so it'll be interesting to see how that. So it's cool to see these like these fly like dark seed minions. Parademons. Parademons. Yeah, it's cool because it'll be like because then they're going to be saving. You know, it's going to be the superhero pantheon of gods saving humans from this like ugly alien force. You know, it is kind of very deeply rooted in the idea of like superheroes and comic books in general. So it feels like it could be cool. So that's about all I can say. My favorite moments from the trailer are actually the Republican Bruce Wayne. I think he's great. <laughs> I like that they're playing it that way because then it's just like, oh, man, I may not actually agree with Bruce Wayne's politics, but he's the Batman. I know that from the outside perspective. So it's like it's interesting to see. And I don't know how much they'll delve into that. Just what, just what it seems like because of uh, that. Um, I'm, I'm rich say. line. Which, <laughs> I always view Bruce, which Bruce Wayne as kind of a libertarian, not a Republican. I don't know why too, they yeah. never said actually that. that does make a lot of sense because even though he's rich, well, he can I mean, still be he's still a philanthropist. He's still charitable. Well, he, he wants to follow he's not following his father's footsteps too, and his father was all about helping people, not necessarily about the money aspect. Right. I just I'm you just know? saying in terms of the trailer, like the way that things you know in this current uh, society is just the way that things come off in the trailer. I like it. I think it's cool. Like that line almost makes me want to cringe, but then I'm just like, yeah, oh, you know what, like. It's funny how he uses that. I don't necessarily. What like that line made you think he's a Republican just because he's like I'm rich? (laughs) No, I'm just joking. But oh, um, I was like, I thought this is like you seriously like this is like the tone that you you like you read into that like that one line. You're like, oh fuck, man, Bruce Wayne's a fucking Republican. I was like, Jesus Christ, no, we don't need that. If if there's anything I want in fucking superhero movies now is not fucking any politics. Oh God! I like I want to get so far true, away true from that, it. True that. Like true I just that. want fun movies. Like we're gonna talk true about that. Thor later. Thor looks like a fuck ton of fun because of the fact that it's my, a fucking superhero point, movie. Like basing this shit in reality is like, come on, man. I'm just like, let me have some fun. It's an interesting. It's an interesting moment in the trailer. Like it's an interesting emphasis on that character. Then, and at first, I was like, I, I'm like, oh, that's a terrible line or whatever. It's like so prideful in his like wealth or whatever. But then I thought about it more, and I was just like, actually, that's cool. And now that I was saying about maybe like or thinking he's like kind of libertarian, I'm like, oh, actually, I kind of get that. You know, he has a lot, so he gives a lot, and it's kind of a curse. You know, the way that Affleck delivers that line. I just like Ben Affleck's fucking. Bruce Wayne, Republican or no? Yeah, he's he's definitely like he can sell that character. My yeah. my my main thing with the trailer is uh, before we change over to the other topic, is 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 I hope that they're not overly apologetic for their past yeah, mistakes. Yeah, totally, totally. It's like, oh, guess what, guys? We're just as fun as the other guys, you know. Uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> At the same time, I do hope that they just fucking make a better movie, man. Because, God, they need a win. They need a win. It looks like Wonder Woman's going to be a win. By the way, Wonder Woman, box office news, but she's tracking for 80 million opening weekend. 
Nice. And these num these tracking numbers are usually pretty accurate. I don't know how they do this shit. It's kind of a huge <laughs> like opening pre-cogs. Huge, huge opening weekend <laughs> for that movie. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh uh, nice uh with Just Stephen. Justice League, it's just like, man, please yeah. just <laughs> something good. Yeah. And and you know the other the other heroes are going to help do that, like Flash and Aquaman. I'm sure they're going to lighten things up. And Wonder Woman is like a whole realm of undiscovered potential. So, you know, they're not relying just on Batman and Superman now. These two fucking... I mean, for me, what Justice League... What Justice League needs is just some fun in it. Just to have a good yeah. time. Have a fun time watching a fucking comic book movie. Like, don't make everything so dark and so serious. I mean, the movie already looks dark. But it's just like Aquaman. The man, like, when he was like... Bat suit, I dig it. Or <laughs> dude who dresses like a bat, I dig it. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I was yeah, just like, yeah. yes, like that nonchalant, just like I'm a fucking badass. I know it. Like, move on. Let's go do what we got to do. Like, I think what Ben was saying about the Hulk, because I remember when Avengers came out, and I was like, man, I really love the Hulk in Avengers. That was fucking great. Like, I didn't think I was gonna like him. I thought he was just gonna be like a grunt, you know? Yeah. Um, but I remember yeah. like when I was working in Chicago at a record store at the time, and I remember like little kids coming and be like, Dad, I want to watch Hulk movies. <laughs> like, little kids were super into the fucking Hulk. They could give a shit about anyone else in that movie. Really? That's and, interesting. And, and, it's like, he's like a strong baby. <laughs> yeah. Like, they understand him. He, like, like he grunts. He doesn't, like, I mean, everyone else is talking so much, you know? I feel like Aquaman is going to be the Hulk in True. the DC, DC movies. Like, he's just going to be cool. Like, he might not say a lot, but he comes in, does the shit he needs to do, and then just bounces, you know? It's just some genius ass casting, man. I mean, you got yeah. this motherfucking Polynesian dude that's bad as badass as fuck with the fucking lamest character, like historically, in the lineup. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, people, I mean, people made fun of him for ages, and now it's Jason Momoa. Nobody's gonna say shit about this motherfucker. If you, I mean, like the, the intensity yeah. in his eyes with it's it, brilliant when, casting. When it's fucking, it's when it's fucking, um, uh, when the fucking water is passing over his fucking face and shit, like his intensity, man, is. Like it's palpable, like Stefan said. It's it's just insane. Like you can feel it. Like yeah. this motherfucker, he has the power. You know. Yeah. I just gotta see it's a fucking. Like, Summon a great white to come like take out some of those aliens or something. Like dude, oh, oh fuck. That's all we need in this that's life. That's what I want. I want, <laughs> I want to see him summon the depths, you know, of the ocean. That whole like the rumors of James Wan's kind of concept around it being like kind of like this not horror but have these like horror elements like suspenseful kind of tense environment that you know the deepness of the ocean what is that actually like outside of comic book universe you know so yeah i'm really hoping that they and whatever well the the first like when the new 52 came out aquaman volume one it was just called the trench and it was just about these creatures called the trench that looked like those fucking lantern fish like the fucking like yeah those like bottom jaws with all those teeth they just like look like that but they like they're, they're humanoid yeah. and i think like with james wan being a horror director like getting creatures in there like i'm of course they're gonna have like a main villain but like if that was like his minions like that would be fucking like just imagine the terrifying things you can do in the depths of the ocean you know i mean right, if he summons yeah. a fucking cthulhu type character from the depths like that's what i'm saying the great the great white is realistic of course maybe you have that in the beginning but uh, to to summon like somebody from the depths, like some shit you haven't yeah. seen before, that shit's gonna I mean, be amazing if they do some yeah. shit like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because then you could really crack this universe open with with the with the side characters, which is, you know, I hope they realize how much potential with those side characters and how much of a power play that would be like to utilize them in a. I never thought I would be like. I never thought I would be like 
ready and waiting for a fucking Aquaman movie. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I have like I, everything I'm like been waiting for in the comic book world to come out. I never once thought, man, I can't wait to see that fucking Aquaman movie. Yeah, you know? people it's, imagine yeah. all the fucking entourage memes and shit they're gonna come up. So oh, remember, remember when they thought about it? Yeah, but you didn't have Jason Momoa, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you probably had that one douchebag with the character from Entourage and be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody talking to you. But yes, Justice League looks fun. I'm excited. Let's go. Move on. It, Let's move isn't on. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Like, like Aquaman is the every, everybody's like looking forward to him the most. Hell yeah. well, I'm also looking He's forward the to the Flash, one. too. So, <laughs> that's true. That is true. I will agree. He is the sexiest one. Because like, He also yes. has the coolest lines. Oh. Wonder yes. Woman, obviously, she's sexy, but they're trying to go for more than just sexy. So I'm like, mad respect. But over here, Jason Momoa. I will object. I will objectify, man. <laughs> Superhouse approved. Yeah. I find him attractive. That true, show us that aqua dick. All right, moving on to Star Wars. Damn, rated R, <laughs> Justice League. Let's do it. NC seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of things swimming up upstream nice. yeah all right i'm ready now. all right so star wars last time do you guys want to watch this shit uh together i want to watch it yeah for the yes. pod all right Ooh, i want to see if it's on hulu hold on i'm gonna get on my tv i want to see this big all right i'm gonna load up my shit man fuck this stupid ass okay so now yep it has become time to have a viewing of the Last Jedi official trailer. Teaser. 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 Number one. Teaser. Everybody ready? Everybody queued up? Yeah. I'm queued. Live, live viewing reaction on this podcast episode. So, everybody ready? Oh, snipes. Can we comment during? Yeah, yeah. during. Yes, please do. So, three. All right, sweet. Two. One. Start. Got the stars and shit. Alright, here we go. Or it looks like it looks like stars, but it's actually the ground. Uh, you know I didn't notice that the first time. Yeah. I thought it was a fucking space and then it turns into some shit. Stuff with her fucking pinky. <laughs> Something's wrong with that, that girl hand. I didn't see that. Mm. That's Anyways, a very wide lens too, by the way. It's like a it's like a it's Don't the, you talk about Daisy like that. The lens is so wide it's fucking uh, warping her a little bit, I think. Maybe yeah, that's not many shots. I really I think that's what it is. So this is the fucking shot where she's fucking talking to Luke at the end, or Luke's not saying anything but just holding out the fucking sword. It's called a lightsaber, you motherfucker. <laughs> the lightsaber. Jesus Christ. Back of Leia's head. Is this amateur likely. hour? I read, I read a thing that said that. Leia That's right Kylo's there. helmet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Kylo's. That, that, that shot before, I read something where they were like, it's reminiscent of Leia's silhouette is reminiscent of Vader's silhouette in that shot. Oh, shit. What's this map? Jedi this, books. I think you think Maz gives her that map. I think Luke. I don't think it's a map. I think she. I think it finds books. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I she think Luke Jedi, has found. Jedi books. I, I think Luke has this. Okay. Yeah. I think totally. Luke has found it. Like he's been to Jedi Temple because like he's been to Jedi temples. I mean they exist because if right. Rebels right. is telling us anything. Like Jedi temples are the still around. They're still the hidden. Scar. Great space battles. That's good shit, yeah. Where the Jedi die. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know about all that. 
don't know about all I, that. It's just a, it's just a fucking title. Combat the red font. It's just, a, it's just to build, it's just to build drama. I know, I know. But dang, I've, I like. Part of me feels like I, sp I built my whole life off of, and now they're just trying to erase it. I think it's just, it's <laughs> just the drama that, thing. After man. that Battlefront Two trailer, I'm I'm starting to think there's some shady goings on in the Star Wars camp. They're always anyway, almost dying. Story. They're almost all. They're always. Yeah, almost that's true. Dead. That's true. I mean, even from the old I'm Republic, like, I'm nervous. Like I'm, I'm the, nervous. <laughs> the Sith were in a were a race, and then the Sith were killed off, and then their customs were adopted. Yeah. What is the Sith that we're watching in these movies now? So, I mean, this shit happens. It happens. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. Mean, it's just a. It's just a fucking title of a movie. I'm, oh man. No, not I want, the title. I want... The last line. The last oh. line is what gets me. The Jedi's gotta end, and I'm just like, I. I know they're just building me, winding me up, but it, I don't like it. Yeah, but the way the way I see it is that every time a, a major Sith appears, it's it's a guy that became that was good and turned. Look at Darth Vader. Look at. Uh, yeah. Look yeah. at uh, Kylo totally. Ren. So I think that after after so two times, causing, Luke's, causing good Luke's done. He's like, look, I, w these guys. Yeah, the Force in and of itself is the way. At least the way we're handling the Force, most people can't even fucking handle it. So we're. It's just yeah, time to let true. it let it end. The Jedi people that can handle the Force, oh, it's, it's over. So I can see. I can no. see. It's like, it's like it's like a human of mass destruction. You know. We just can't. We can't build right. any more of these people of mass destruction. But uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's that's my that's my gripe. That they're going. They're Logan. It's it feels like they're Logan Loganizing fucking Luke. Right. You know, not that they're directly copying from Logan or anything, but it seems I mean, to be something prevalent now, where all these fucking heroes are being laid to rest and their ideals are being laid to rest. You know, I mean, maybe that's the way of things. I don't fucking know. Yeah, but this is the second part of a trilogy at the same time, so I'm, we're gonna I'm, we're gonna probably see. Their darkest hour near the end of this True. movie. Yeah, if they're following, I know, I, I if they're following I Star that. Trek lore and patterns and stuff, and I mean, it just makes me going to be dark as fuck. And I mean, yeah, Ray's is, probably going to lose a body part, probably an arm, a hand. <laughs> Dude, if she loses a fucking hand, I'm going to fucking get up and walk out. <laughs> like Jesus Christ! Like, come on! Like, what if she loses her foot? If she loses a foot, that's fine. That's fine. It's just like, like, yeah. how many more parallels do you need to fucking draw? I've seen I those know. movies. I, know, I don't I need know. someone else to lose a motherfucking hand. I, I think her eyes. I think the Luke we meet in the beginning, which is from what I can tell from the trailer, the teaser is that we're all it's it's all seems to take place on that island in fucking Ireland, you know? Right. For the most part, so you, when we meet Luke, this isn't the Luke we know and love from the other Star Wars. He just lost Han yeah. Solo. He just right. felt that shit. He's also like Kylo Ren is fucking dominant. Like he's lost all hope and everything. But his, you know, if raises daughter, whatever the fuck's going on with that, I don't know. I'm waiting for this movie to hopefully tell me some shit. Um, you know, I think I think halfway through this movie, Luke will have a turnaround. I don't think it's all going to be super dark. Like there's going to yeah. be dark moments for sure. But it's like. You know, it's like after Han dying, it's like, come on, man, give me something. Yeah. That's fucking depressing as shit. You know? Right, 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 right. I, I just, <laughs> you know, um, I, I just, I don't, because I, I assume they're going to keep Mark Hamill on for the next film since now that we've lost Carrie Fisher. Like, if they kill Luke off, it's like, fuck, man. Like, who's from the old cast that's going to continue? Like, I mean, we still got right, Chewie. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, but they're going to have to kill Leia off in this somehow. Yeah, if they do, or it's going to be at the beginning of the third. Story, you know? Yeah. 
But I think we're going to have Luke for at least this. The, I think he's going to last till the last film. Oh sure. yeah, I, I would hope. I, so. I would love to. I would love to see Grandpa Skywalker, man. Like just in like, <laughs> right. you know, the trilogy after this, like the fi- like he doesn't even show up in the trilogy after this. And then at the very end, he like comes in and does something. He'd be like, "Holy fuck, Luke's still alive! This is awesome!" Because these guys are getting older, and like, if there's anything I want to see more of, is I want more Luke Skywalker, man. I want to see what like what he knows now, you know? Right. Um, but I, I'm also excited yeah. to maybe this be the like the uh the end of um jedi as we know them like the teachings that were passed like that we learned from the prequels to the original trilogy you know like that jedi that they were trying to follow so close because it seems like snoke isn't necessarily uh like he is a sith possibly but we don't really know if he's actually like a sith lord like what hit like maybe he just knows the sith teachings you know, like we haven't seen him wield a lightsaber or anything yet. We actually don't even know how big the motherfucker is. You know, he could be right, Yoda right. size for all the fuck we know. So That'd be amazing. it's just going to be it. I think I hope this film kind of changes some things up where, you know, I'm hoping it leans more towards like towards like the gray Jedi. I would love to see like someone go to the dark side and have to come back to like join the light yeah. again and see how hard that is. Like, I hope that Kylo becomes that character, Kylo, yeah. but, um, but I mean, if he stays evil, I mean, like I like Adam driver as Kylo Ren. I think I like, there's so much to build on that character that they couldn't even begin to touch on in the first film. There's just so much going on with introductions of new things and this new, this new, uh, this new trilogy and world they've set up. Um, I just, uh, there's something I want to say. Okay. So I just want to say this real quick. My beef with the trailer is the more stuff I'm very excited to see new, new images from the star Wars universe with our characters that we've all grown to love from force awakens. Or if you didn't fuck you, I don't give a shit. I love that movie. (laughs) So, um, uh, I, I was excited to see like where people were, what's going on in their lives. R.I.P. Black X-Wing, that shit was dope. God, I hope he gets it back. Um, <laughs> the you Halloween know, um, But the thing is, there was no oh shit moment. Like There was no like, oh fuck man, this is fucking Star Wars, that's a dope ass scene. You know, like there was never that scene. Like the scene for me in the Force Awakens teaser was when um, Kylo ignites the lightsaber and then the two beams come out the side and you're like, what the fuck? You just fucking changed yeah. the game, JJ. You just been for this new fucking lightsaber. Was, <laughs> so, like, but there was nothing like that in it. And someone, uh, someone at work was like, "What would you have liked to have seen?" I was like, "I would have loved to have seen Luke, like hooded figure. You know, it's Luke. Some shadows approach, like the Knights of Ren or some shit. And then someone say something, like, and then him just ignites that the green lightsaber. Oh, I would have lost my fucking yeah. shit, man. Ch- I'm yeah, just saying it chills up and down my too. body." You know, like, but there was no moment like that. It was just like, kind of like, here's where they are. You know, Kylo didn't really have that cool of a scene. Like, I mean, I, it's, I'm glad that they at least showed Kylo Ren and like, like a little bit of the scar action that he's going to have going on. I like that they hit his face because who knows how bad that damage actually is, you know? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, so um, that was cool. But it was just like, there was really no moment that I was like, holy fuck, he's changed the game. Because like, I feel like, JJ, like, I think the thing with, like, Ryan Johnson for me is, like, he might, he's a fan of Star Wars, but he's got to keep that, like, Ryan Johnson sensibility, you know? He's like, I'm too cool to be JJ Abrams, where JJ Abrams, like, I'm a fucking fanboy. I'm going to give these motherfuckers what they want. I'm going to show them some cool shit. Millennium Falcon, cool new lightsaber, done. Teaser out. And you're like, fuck, JJ, you just changed the fucking game. And I feel like this teaser didn't really change anything. It didn't show me anything that, like, maybe some new ships, like, some shit getting blown up. 
you know, like it did show Luke a little bit towards the end, showed the green lightsaber, but it's like, like Stefan was saying in the comments, it's like far away, you know, and like, that's cool. I don't mind that shot necessarily, but it's like, there's just no like, holy shit, this is fucking Star Wars moment for me. It was more like, yeah. well, it's Star Wars. I'm excited, you know, but there was that little hesitation before I said Star Wars that upsets me because I should always <laughs> say, holy shit, it's new Star Wars, you know? But that's yeah. like my, that was like my, like the more I watched it, I was like, there's nothing super exciting about this teaser except that it's new footage. But you could have just shown me random bits of footage and I would have been like, and they just called it Star Wars footage. I'd be like, cool, Star Wars footage, yeah. Yeah, this is and like a Comic-Con trailer. Yeah, like, it, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, maybe the first trailer will be ten times better and they'll be like, holy fuck. I, sorry, sorry, Ryan Johnson, you fucking rocked my world with tra trailer one, but... You know, as a teaser, I thought it was pretty lackluster. But I'm excited for fucking Star Wars. Yeah. You don't get to see a whole lot of, like, the story. I guess that's that's because it's a teaser. But I got to say, I liked it overall. I mean, I love the training aspect. Uh, I mean, those lines that Luke's saying, those are Yoda lines from the from the other one or no? They're not. No, they're just, it's it's nice to see him assuming that role. But he's not quoting Yoda himself. No, no, no. Okay. But there is there is a Yoda line and an Obi Wan line embedded in the trailer. Um, I think Yoda says strong at one point. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think that they'll so, probably so hit on some cool. of those notes at least. I mean, yeah. there's even that 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 comedic Instagram photo of uh, of Daisy Ridley carrying uh, Mark Hamill on her back. Yeah. yeah. You know, so they 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 know. Of course they know. They 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 fucking wrote the shit. Yeah. But, you know they, they they have to hit on some of that stuff, and I, I'm I'm a huge fan of that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. I mean honestly, more than the fucking space battle, like the spaceship fights, I, I'm more excited about that stuff. Even though yeah. I, I really do like Poe Dameron, I'm gonna buy those comics soon at some point, at least the first issue. I thought he yeah. was a, he was like my favorite part of uh, Force Awakens. He's great. Um, he grounds it. He grounds in reality the way that like I mean, Harrison just, Ford kind of did. Just a genuinely nice dude too. Like Harrison Ford doesn't come off as like too too nice. Like he's nice enough. Yeah. Yeah, but he's been through too much shit. He doesn't trust people, so that <laughs> that makes sense for for who he is. But Poe Dameron still stills like, yeah, kind of a Boy Scout in that way. You know, it's a lot he's, more optimistic of a character. Yeah, much more optimistic. So that's why I, I like Poe him. Dameron's been through shit, though, man. It's been he's been through, through shit. Though. He's he just, through he just pushes. Through. He just pushes on through. Still so positive. Running. He he names Finn. You know that 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 shit's awesome. I love I love that shit. And like Ace Pilots, I love that. Uh, I don't know what you call it, like stereotype or, or trope. I like that. I wish there was yeah. more of that. I, you know, like, uh, yeah, just like s cool pilots. I think that's a really cool uh, uh, trope, I guess you could say. But um, the red exhaust coming out of the ships was great. Uh, yeah, the, was, I think that island like is in Iceland, but I'm not exactly sure. Maybe Ireland. Maybe it's Ireland. I think it's but, Ireland. Yeah. It's. I think it's. It's cool. I think it's. It's looking good. So far, uh, I don't really know what else I could I could say about it. I'd I'd like to know if that if that truly is Leia's the back of Leia's head. Uh, I'd like to know yeah. what how Maz plays into this because she's you know her her mentor Yoda type. And uh, well, I mean, I, I think the Leia scene yeah. is just a homage to a scene. I don't think it's gonna like. I don't think Leia's gonna take a turn for the dark side or anything. Oh no, I don't think no, so. No, no, yeah. It was just I read. I, yeah, I'd read something about like that. It was somebody's speculation on like just the the visuals of it all. There's oh a lot yeah. Of, there's a lot of silhouettes in this movie. There's a lot of muted tones. 
in the shots yeah. you know the sunset island it's just like super high contrast it's 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 a lot different tonally from i'd say definitely force awakens but but i'd say from most of the star wars films it still has that it has the new disney lived in look but it has this other kind of like you know the the lighting it seems so like um i don't know like there's a lot of like natural lighting it looks like they're they're in some of these shots especially on the island you know so it looks like it doesn't have that big colorful high saturation kind of star wars science fiction fantasy feel to it um but i guess that's you know it's because since it's like going through a darker turn in the story there's a lot more you know like you have the the first orders impending these like larger attacks all we had of the first order and the first one really was a few um you know like flyby missions and x-wings and stuff and then planet you know now they're out we're gonna see how strong that force really is aside from a few like superstar destroyers or whatever they were in the first one in force wiggins um but at first like i i I just i jump at any chance i can to just hate on ryan johnson (laughs) i don't enjoy his movies and i've seen him this is You hate the uh, I've seen him. this guy, man. He's just he's just so smug, man. I saw him. I saw a screening of Brothers Bloom, and and he, you know, he grew up. He kind of spent some time in his teenage years out here in Colorado and stuff like that. So at the Denver Film Festival a few years ago, he was just like this darling, and you whatever. Like that's that's cool. He, like, but he, uh, he was just like he was just like so smug, and I just never really liked his movies. I always thought Brick was an interesting like experiment fun it was right. cool but then his other movies just didn't resonate with me and to the point i was just like off put i'm just like every every way that this guy makes movies is the opposite of how i enjoy movies it's kind of what i feel about this guy but anyway like what andrew was saying is like there's a lot of uh, producer input in 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 the disney universe so he probably has he's a very limited you know he's just clocking into work and then showing up to work and doing his thing and you know i wouldn't knock him for being a a bad director because he gets good performances yeah um i just as a storyteller he's not my favorite for sure so it looks like a lot of this to me and i, I don't really know how to describe it yet i think it's the muted tones and the more like kind of like there's like a sense and sensibility kind of um notion here you know or like british like cold british film or like barry linden or something you know what i mean it's just like desaturated kind of historical look on this like epic operatic saga so which is cool you know it seems like it's going to be a lot more serious and he tells a lot more of a serious story he's never been one except for the brothers bloom to be like comical and i'm sure it'll be interesting what to see what his comedic sensibilities are in fucking star wars you know with bba and whoever else um uh, i fear for luke i fear i am like i'm i'm super nervous about what he's been through and where he's going and what's going on. But Ray, she's such a, like, she's all she's ever wanted is adventure. All she's ever wanted is to get out, you know, much like possibly her father family. Yeah. All she's, you know, connection and stuff like that. So she's, she has a lot to fight for and yeah, she may be his new hope. You know what I mean? And that could round it out. Hopefully that's like a subtle nod or not even a nod, but just a subtle theme. Right. Um, I really hope there's a lot of like him seeing him his younger self in her and he hasn't seen that yeah, in a while. Totally. So that like be, when he sees that, that like this inventor just 
I want, you know, I hope I think there are going to be those moments, man, where you're just like, oh, God. I hope, yeah, exactly. What what you're saying, (laughs) Maddie. Yeah. What you're saying is like, I hope there's, you know, obviously this darkness to him. But yeah, as he lightens up and grows closer to her, and I'm sure she has to convince him to train her, you know, he's like lost his whole Jedi Academy to some fucking ominous force. So he's going to, you know, it's not going to be easy for her either. So I'm sure. and I'm sure Luke yeah, has some it, knowledge of the events that yeah. happened, just oh, being I, yeah. privy to right. the Force and all the knowledge right. that exists within that. But what I was, but what I was going to say was like, I hope we get some like, like what you're saying, see his younger self, but we get to kind of appear into that older Luke somehow, like the wide-eyed, adventurous Luke. You know, I hope there's a moment in the movie where she shows him something, and yeah, and it's just like we get to see I that mean, young Luke again, for just a moment. You know what I mean? That would be awesome. Knowing Mark Hamill and like just mark hamill is such a good actor voice actor i want to see this like gravelly like yeah. when we first meet luke i want this gravelly yeah. kind of like luke skywalker and then i want these moments to shine yeah. through of him doing like his younger luke skywalker voice and just being like holy fuck that's luke he's back you know like <laughs> oh like i would just have those moments like i honestly you like i love poe dameron i love finn like it's just fucking i, I love those new characters i'm excited to see the new characters yeah. the especially the shot of the uh the Asian character that they is new, and oh, apparently there's another one they haven't. Re- yeah, I'm excited to see these new characters, but good lord, I can handle like three hours of just uh, Luke and yeah. Ray on a fucking adventure, a, man. Yeah. Like I like it. That's just the thing. <laughs> this is the shit I live for. Like Rogue One, fucking love. I love that story. I love the darkness of it. But man, I just want some high flying adventure with some Jedi's and yeah. some Sith. And, that, and that's it. And, <laughs> and that's the thing about this. And that's the thing about this trailer. It's only like two minutes and 20 seconds. And so I, this feeling, this film's going to be like two and a half hours long. Easy. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's like how much stuff are they going to be able to get through and chew through in that whole two and a half hours? Like Luke confronting Kylo Ren and shit like that. More information about Snoke and the first order and, um, you know, Plus the uh, new characters Leia's, Leia's role, you know, what Leia's role has been and how she functions and stuff. It's like, you know, that's one thing that I can't knock the trailer on. It's just, it's just such a short amount of time. They only give you so much. I kind of agree with Maddie there that there wasn't like the, oh shit, Star Wars is back kind of moment. But coming off the heels of Rogue One, it's fitting that it's just going to be like, no, we're this is fucking like, there's some dark shit. Last Jedi, Red, again, yeah. Jedi's, Jedi's are done. I mean, we Jedi all know what Red means, man. There's, I'm, there's, I'm, I'm on the edge of Sith, I'm, man. <laughs> Right now, I'm using the force to levitate in seating position because I'm far beyond the edge of my seat. <laughs> I, I think the thing is just so exciting to have more Star Wars films. Like that's the thing that has me so giddy. It's just I thought I like more. after the I thought I thought like after the prequels that was it. You know, the Clone Wars series was really good, and I was like, they'll probably do some more cartoons. That's cool, but Star Wars is over, man. Yeah. And then that fucking merger, that buyout, man. I was. I was like, holy fuck, we're getting more Star Wars <laughs> yeah. films. And, like, these yeah. are going to be, like, at this point, there's been so many fans of Star Wars, people who've, like, read all the novels, who have, like, I mean, yeah. Stefan watches Rebels, oh, so, like, yeah. Thrawn's introduced in Rebels, which is fucking dope, because those Timothy Zahn yeah. no- novels so are fucking great. Um, yeah, I just, it's it's a great time to be a fucking Star Wars fan, and anything they yeah, want to throw at me fun. is great. You know? Uh, and there's, there's no... <laughs> There's no uh, loss for tension there, though. They're doing a good job of, like, keeping me on my toes and stuff. But one thing I wanted to say in uh, talking about, like, the canon of Star Wars right now, since it's, like, been reestablished, 
which I think was the best thing that they probably did at this point because it just like the stories are consistently really fucking good. Yeah. This in this trailer you see that you see that sorry let, let me just say uh this trailer you see that that dolly pushing on the the books the jedi books and stuff yeah um the first the first trade of the star wars comic books that the 2015 run um luke is tasked to go back to tatooine to find obi-wan's yeah I mean, so it's like I'm, I'm like my my fantasy like that because that would be like such a nice subtle thing and on every issue you have the story group credits and stuff so you know they're thinking about this thing in this broad umbrella kind of way that yeah. it'd be cool to see obi-wan's fucking volume come up you know gospel fucking obi-wan and that whole jedi stuff and that they you know it'd be cool to see ray and luke learn some things together to be honest because luke lost his well, guy yeah i was gonna I wanted to say that that Luke is like when so like at Return of the Jedi, he's like becoming a Jedi, but he's not really had like proper training. So so like Luke you broke up for a second. What what? At Return of the Jedi, you broke up for half a second there. Oh, uh well just at the Return of the Jedi, like we know that Luke hasn't had like proper like Jedi training as say like Obi Wan yeah. or like even Vader. So it's interesting that he yeah. would try to take on pupils and like obviously he would probably fail at it because he hasn't had proper training like he's reading from a book that could be a partial manuscript of something and just kind of going on like maybe talking to yoda and other people within the force but if we know anything about the force it's cryptic cryptic as a motherfucker right so it's like it's going to be interesting to see like his like what how he actually failed and like getting into that and like learning i don't know man i'm just i'm excited man oh god fuck yes we have star wars movies (laughs) It's Yo. just so nice. I'm yeah, we do. I'm 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 uh, what about like I'm I'm really excited to hear uh sorry, I'm really excited to hear Maz Kanata's fucking where'd you get that lightsaber story? Oh dude, like that needs oh, to be a comic or something. Like I don't know if that's gonna be in the film or not, but oh, they have so much ground to cover and I know there's one more film after this, so I'm, there's gonna like be more questions at the end of this one. I hope it is. I, I'm sure Luke will tell the story. I'm sure she'll be like She's like, you know, I don't know. But like, oh, God, yeah. I, I gave just, it to her. I went to her fucking bar with Han and I just fucking gave it to her. That's the story. I hope it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. More training. Stop talking. I know. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I mean, they're making good moves. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I just, I, I'm really I'm excited to see seat. if they put any Rebels characters in uh, this or some nods to the Rebels yeah. characters. Shit, it would because I know they would be cool to see an older Ezra. But I... Wait, go ahead. Wait, fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was oh, gonna say, say I think it again, Stefan. Cool. You cut out. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> I think it'd be cool to see an older Ezra at some point. It'd be weird to see him kind of just shoehorned in there, but. I mean, I would just need him cool. like in the background in like his like uh, rebels garb or something. You know, maybe say something. But not like they shouldn't be like, oh yeah, that's Ezra Bridger. I'd be like, ah, come on, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's got to be subtle, if you know, because they're not that widely known of characters. But something subtle, maybe fucking, what's his face, the clone general. I forget what his name was. Captain. Cody. Oh, the um, yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Cody. Cody. I don't know. I don't know. Not that they have to put that much in there, but it's it's it it'd be it's cool that they're. 
detail with the new Star Wars stuff is like about keeping things clean and concise and together. Yeah, and so I, I mean, I'm, I think I'm super it would excited be... as much as much as I could hate on Ryan Johnson, which is a lot. <laughs> I am very excited for Ryan Johnson's Star Wars. Yeah, you do not want to say that. Do you? <laughs> You hate. Just say you're excited. You can just say you're excited for the new Star Wars. The words tasted like vomit. Just kidding, dude. Come uh, on. I mean, like it's gonna be. There's gonna be some. Maybe some of his. It's uh, gonna be good. He's. He's. I, I knock on him. It's just because of my own reasons, I guess. But. But it's gonna be. I have no qualms. Like I think the trailer's cool. There are parts. Yeah. The the end line made me nervous for a bit. But I see it. I get it. It's like the drama's building. I'm ready. I'm fucking there. Got my lightsaber that, that, in my hand. Lines, that also, I mean, that end line can't just be Ryan Johnson's line, can it? No, I know. I'm not saying that's his. I'm just like, it, it makes me weary of of, of the direction they're I mean, trying to take things sometimes. Because, like, I am a little worried that, like, you know, a lot of these, our heroes are dying off and stuff like that. And the way that they're going out, like, I'm, I want to, I don't want to see the heroes go out, all of them just depressed, like they failed, you know, so... You know, I, I hope mean, they don't kill off the, Luke. I don't and think they'll be. To, here's, know, the th- here's, here's my 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 take on it. Yeah, I think it's that's Luke's arc in a sense where he, true, it's not yeah, that true. he thinks that the Force is going away. The Force is not going to go away. It's part. Of, it's written in the fabric of the universe. But it's the fact that he thinks that the Force shouldn't be taught to humans or or humanoid aliens or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Shouldn't be taught. That's to, pretty there, cool. there should be no more Jedi's in his opinion, and, yeah. and the Force will be there, but but people shouldn't be taught how to use it because he's just been through so much bullshit. His best friend just got died, just got, got died. His best <laughs> friend died from fucking <laughs> motherfucker got dead. Yeah. Got dead. Done. Got dead from, uh, Kylo, you know, recently. So I think he's just like his, his personal that he, fucking he's, son. He's done with that shit, but maybe yeah. we'll see Ray for some reason. He trains Ray, I guess. I don't Ray know. I can't explain that light. yet question mark <laughs> oh. exactly so ray, ray gives him a fucking new you know beacon of hope or whatever and maybe we see like a new side of the force we you might know, see we've seen force lightning right that came out in return of the jedi i think for the first time i'm yeah. even calling it we might even see some sort of new force thing from oh, the good yeah. side uh in in this movie and that and it's probably a healing thing and that yeah, that's gives, an interesting that, concept i would love to see something like that and that kind of thing is like, oh, maybe we should be teaching people more about the Force, and the, and and then Ray is a catalyst to change. Uh, yeah. Uh, Luke's is the catalyst for Luke's character arc. Again, I'm spitballing like crazy. I've only no, seen two I, minutes, yeah. twenty seconds of this movie, it's, but that's that, just I would, I would I would love that. I think that idea is cool. You know, hopefully they go. What do you guys think is going to happen to Finn? Oh, he's going to be asleep through yet. the whole movie. Yeah, no, right. As far as I know, he's. <laughs> They're like, we don't know what to do with this character. Check it out. That's Ryan Johnson. <laughs> no, I mean, I think you, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm interested. Uh, I wouldn't mind if Finn set this out for because there's a lot to talk about. Um, I think I think a Finn moment would be great for him to show up at the end of the movie to save the day. What if the big twist you is know, that like, he was a spy? Mm? I don't want to see that. I don't know. I, I want him that. to be good, mm-hmm. man. I want him to be good. Mm? <laughs> what I would like to see that would what suck I would, if he was evil actually I would hate that <laughs> that would suck sounds excellent to me I, I, oh, I would man. like I want to see a change in like the Jedi 
like their teachings, like more gray Jedi stuff, I think would be cool. But I would also yeah. like to see the Sith lose the rule of two, which never has been really said in the movies, but right throughout Clone yeah. Wars and, and like have, Rebel, would have like an army of Sith and like well, yeah, just like I mean, style lightsaber battles. Well, I mean, Dart, like I mean, this is this is all old. <laughs> this is all old canon now, but like yeah. it doesn't exist. But like Darth Bane started the uh, the rule of two, but I would love them to like get rid of that and have. Like, maybe Snoke is teaching someone else besides Kylo. Like, he can have multiple because he's just like... I would like to see the Star Wars universe flipped on its head and get rid of the old ideas. And I'm hoping that's what The Last Jedi does is like... That's a good point. This is the end end of the the original Jedi training. Like, we're taking in a new direction, hopefully for the better. But we're not going to know, you know. I mean, it's going to be the same bullshit. I mean, it's always going to be Star Wars, man. There's always going to be some wars to be fought. It's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. Star. You piece. just don't want to watch a movie called Star. You'd be like, "Where the fuck are the wars at?" <laughs> That's what I need. I need the fighting. I need the excitement. You know. But um, Star. I don't know. I would like to see that. I would like to go back to maybe some of the like uh, some of the old Republic Star kind compromises. Compromise. Um, <laughs> Star treaties. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. I'm done when it gets to it's that. It's like point. the CNBC of fucking sci-fi franchises. It's just like it's, it's like Star Trek at that point. Like they're just yeah. peaceful. Trade routes in the Arcturus Arcturus Nebula <laughs> being blocked by legislation put in by. <laughs> Anytime they go into that politics shit, it's just a little. It's bit like Aaron Sorkin writes a Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to watch that shit. Oh my god, it's just fucking some. Just alien sitting in a newsroom <laughs> talking about shit. Yeah. That being said, I do love Star Trek, but I get it. <laughs> I mean. I mean, Star Trek is Star Trek. Star Wars got the wars at the end. Yeah. You want a Trek with Star Trek. You want the wars with Star Wars. Am I right? I'm right. <laughs> That's true. Right. You look like I mean, I like going to new planets in Star Wars. That's great. But I need I need Jedi and Sith man. Like I need to know that that exists. I need to know that the Force is there. Right. You know? Yeah. Because someone's That's like, true. oh, like we were talking. They're like, oh, a lot of people at work really enjoyed like Rogue One because it didn't have like the the action, like the swashbuckling, the sword fighting kind of stuff. They're like, oh, I liked it because it was like darker and different. And I was like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I fucking love Rogue One, but man, I fucking love Jedi and Sith shit. You're right. Yeah. That's one like, of the reasons like, you I go love... to Star Wars is some lightsaber uh, action. Yeah. yeah, dude. I, I yeah. also hope there's like what, what you guys were saying about like there being some kind of new force power. I hope we get to see the force like used and like, ex- like I want to see like fucking force pushes, like extreme force pushes, yeah, like yeah, yeah, shit yeah. from like Star Dragon Wars, Ball the Z force shit. unleashed. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the Force Unleashed, like anything they did in that game was fucking years beyond. You know, I don't like, like those. It, I, it, I like the first one's good. The second one's not that great, but I like the idea. Like I just like the fact that they were trying to push those powers as far as they could. Like, what if someone was like just unleashed the Force? You know, and you mean Star Wars like Masters about. of the Terras Kasi? <laughs> dude, I don't. I like that game. That shit was good. Dude. I enjoyed that game. <laughs> That's like for people like that's one of the worst Star Wars games like on list. Look, let me tell you something. That was a fighting that's game, fighting and game, I enjoyed right? it thoroughly. Yeah. thoroughly. The last fighting game I enjoyed. The last fighting game I enjoyed. What was that on PS One? Yes, baby. I love that Masters shit. That was my shit. I fucking had that game, and I thought it was great. I wish they had more of that shit. Uh, I wish they would just fucking get rid of this Battlefront shit. Not to Battlefront's cool, 
but I would like a new Old Republic game, something where it's like an RPG. Yeah. You start off as like someone who just learns about the Force, like oh. Jedi Academy or something. Fuck, man, like make this fucking game. Like, how is this? Oh, you mean like an Uncharted type of game? No, not that. I I want like an open world RPG, like you know, okay. like Fallout Four or some shit. Yeah. But I just like want to. I want to like either you know decide to be like the middle of the road really good or like i mean it's just like the old republic games man like those games are fucking great but i want like an updated version of that you know with like current technology cool fucking like oh man yeah that would be cool i want like the most minimalist jedi game where it's just like you control the lightsaber with one joystick and like you know the powers are very simple you got a force push it's like i want to see the fumito ueda version of a fucking star wars game yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's probably not happening, Stefan. But never. I know. I gotta. I gotta start learning how to code. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. Um. But anyway. Yeah. It'd be cool to see maybe like more Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Again, well, yes, of I, I forgot what we were talking about. Talking about Last Jedi Star Wars. mainly. The last. Uh, yeah. Kylo Ren rocking the Anakin scar. That's cool. It'll be. Rumors of Hayden Christensen coming back—that'd be kind of cool, you know. That'd be the, weird, somebody, man. Somebody who can actually direct would be nice. Um, He's still sorry, can't sorry George, and all, but you know, we all saw those movies. So, um, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, but yeah, the cool, like, uh, I, like what Maddie was saying, like delving more into like Kylo's training and the dark somebody battling with the darkness to see him come out of that would be kind of cool i kind of feel like him killing han was like over the line but you never know what these wars i mean the thing that sucks now is that carrie fisher is gone so there can never be unless they do it in this film that reconciliation of him saying to his mom i'm sorry i killed my father but they shot him before she died it's gonna be insane to see that if it's actually there yeah i know i'm just saying but they'd have to do it in this film because they can't do it in the last one Oh yeah, for sure. Like yeah. so, if that if that turn never ha- if that turn doesn't happen in this film, like I mean, it, it might be great for him too that he becomes a better Jedi. Like he comes back from the dark side, but he never has that closure, which could hold him back from certain things, which could be cool too, because it's like you know, like he can't tell Han he like he's sorry, or he can't tell his mom, and right. like that whole thing of like how are they gonna kill off Leia? Like, you know, like is it just gonna be the scroll in the third film that like? General Leia Organa has passed. Leia is dead. Oh, they'll do that fucking thing they did with Rogue One. <laughs> no, they're, they're not going to do that, they said. Oh, they, they said, said that? Well. Okay. Yeah, like, they, they, they have no choice then. Footage and alter it a little bit and then be like, well, we didn't actually use CG. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I think. a copy hologram of Leia with some old footage where they reanimate her mouth and she'll be giving, like, this hopeful, like, this is what we have to do now. And then fucking, that was the last message that Leia sent before the base was attacked on Yavin 7. Yeah, I'm assuming it'll be in the scrawl of the third film. It's like, she has died, but she left one last message or some shit, you know? And it starts... The movie over stuff. The force I know, man, but that sucks, because I was like, oh, man, we're going to get we're gonna get Leia for another th- third movie. That'll be great, you know? But it's going to, like, I don't know, man. It, it sucks. It sucks that she had to pass, like, especially with the Star force. Wars coming back. All is as the Force wields it. Yeah, that's true. Oh, is that the force wheels it? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Fuck, man, I can't wait for this movie. December. Shit. Oh man, I can't. Dude, remember, wait for that remember shit. when it, remember what when it was supposed to come it? out in the summer? 
Remember that? And then they pushed it back to December? Remember that bullshit? That's, uh, yeah. I mean, it was supposed to come out in May, right? They wanted that, that all about? It's supposed to come out in May. Yeah. A tradition or something? It's because it's, that's when, like, that's Harry yeah. Potter, like, you know, the, the Christmas time right then, they're going to make more money on top of what they would make in the summer. You think? I don't know. What the fuck? I, I mean, Star yeah, Wars is going to make a shit ton of money anyway, no anytime, matter when the yeah, fuck it comes true. out. The traditionally, uh, 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 you know, Star Wars came out in May, and they thought about doing that for uh, for this one, Episode Eight, but uh, Force Awakens made so much fucking money for in Christmas time. So they were like, you know what? We're just going to own Christmas. Harry Potter's out of the way, and uh, yeah, they're going to own Christmas until like fucking twenty thirty or whatever the fuck. So uh, you know, we're gonna have good times. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't want to wait that long. I want summer fucking Star Wars. I mean, hopefully the Han Solo. Maybe they'll do like the in between films earlier. Some of the anthology films. That'd be cool. Yeah. I want to be in one. It's possible. But don't fucking cast me as a stormtrooper. <laughs> I want lines and everything. I want a lightsaber. I want it all. Stupid. No. I don't want to be. I'd rather be just a peasant on a planet, you know. If I got a, like a, if I want a contest or something. Oh, if they like put me like Isaac's uncle. <laughs> yeah, or if they're like, if, no, like it isn't. I could just be in the background. But if they're like, you want a contest, you get to be in the next Star Wars movie. I'd be like, oh my god, that's amazing. But then they get me there and they're like, here's your fucking stormtrooper costume. I'm like, I, I just can't do that. Did you hear that story of like <laughs> Oscar Isaac's uh, uncle was like the one who showed him Star Wars and was like the Star Wars fan. Oh, and he, like, brought it, he brought him on set, and he was like just so happy to be on set. And J.J. was like, put him in a fucking costume. Let's get him in this scene. And the guy was like, oh, my God, what the fuck? And he's like, in the opening shot of yeah. Force Awakens, when like all the destruction's happening uh, with Max von yeah. Sydow, like, he's in there. So, yeah. I don't know. That's fucking cool, man. I mean, that's why I love I, J.J. I, I, I kind of wish I'll, J.J. would have just directed all these. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird that they, they, they cycle them out, but maybe they didn't. They were afraid of his... I mean, uh, paycheck that they'd have to pay i don't know i don't know what i mean is. i have a paycheck where you fucking kid it's a fucking disney man like pfft. they have the after money fucking beauty, the after one, fucking Colin, beauty Colin and the Trevor. beast they can afford anything yeah that's he, true yeah, yeah the third one i mean but the other star wars weren't directed by uh the original trilogy anyway was directed by different people yeah. george only did the first yeah. one and then he we saw what happened when he did all three of the prequels we saw Woo. we fucking Do, don't you remember we, we all saw Y'all remember Jar Jar? I'm interested to see what Colin Trevorrow does with like what his Star Wars movie looks like. I love that guy. That'll be cool to see him round out, round it out. I really like Jurassic World. It wasn't like the most, you know, like pivotal, Did, amazing cinema, cinematic. Of course not achievement or anything. But I, I, I really like I did his movie. I love fucking Safety Not Guaranteed. I'm super excited. So that'll be cool. Like this, the downer one is going to be Ryan Johnson's big surprise. Um, but uh, the next, the next one after that will be fucking. Wait, Trevorrow's doing episode nine? Yeah. Oh shit, yeah. that's news to me. Fuck. Well, fuck me. Yeah. So, <laughs> that'll be cool. All right. It's like you don't care about Star Wars or something, Andrew. Man, eight hasn't even come out yet. I haven't <laughs> looked up episode nine news yet. <laughs> It's called being a fucking Star Wars fan. We haven't even watched Rebels or the animated Clone Wars, so uh, that's, I haven't. That's Rebels. okay. He, he he gets a pass. He's the only one out of us who has a girlfriend. Damn, that's true. That's yeah. true. That's true. So you know, a lot he of likes Star Wars, though she does. So maybe there is no excuse. There's shout no out excuse. to 
and you like cartoons. Why the fuck aren't you watching the animated series? Man, I don't know. I'll get onto it soon enough. Maybe after this, after I watch Phantasm. Yeah. Five years from now. <laughs> That's a good note. It'll be when... The it'll way be you when, watch shit. Yeah, Andrew's for sure. like, When Andrew's like 60 and he's got to catch up, he'll be sitting in his rocking chair and he's like, dang, you guys ever seen Rebels? I'm going to be like, yeah. Man, you guys want to get Superhouse back together and talk about Rebels? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to teleport right over. <laughs> What's your coordinates? <laughs> we don't That's use coordinates thing. anymore, Grandpa. We just uh, 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 fast dial. Yeah. Just text yourself over there. <laughs> Do I have to call collect? <laughs> text a sandwich into my stomach. Up next, we're going to watch the Thor Ragnarok trailer, um, the newest Thor film in the series. And we're going to go in three, two, one play fuck you know check fuck you kino check here we go i don't know intrigue what's Sold. going on with thor oh shit metal heavy metal as fuck i know metal it's pretty already. metal it's pretty metal yeah <laughs> it really is how did this happen i like that they really uh oh. took that 80s metal vibe that oh, brutal yeah, legend dude. vibe kind of with yeah. this trailer. she is sexy as hell i love kate yeah, blanchett she is looking good yeah i'm goth kate blanchett i mean that's what? Just she just tight. destroyed Thor's cool hammer. Hey, like a sword album cover or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of the good I ones. I love her. I'd be like, yo, I'll, I'm down to fight this war with you, but yo, can we go out or something? Yeah, exactly. This is like Star Wars here. This shit. Yeah, I love that they're doing Which this. Is like, that's it's like it's like they don't give a fuck about being spacey. fantasy anymore. They're like, we're in space, bro. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Asgard. We're in space. Yeah. Oh, there's gonna be fantasy. Oh, I know, but it's it's, I, yeah, it's definitely it's a good mix of things. They can take that Guardians vibe even further in another direction. Right, right, right. Loki, fuck yeah, Rockstar, love it. The dude. one shot of Loki, which is great, so badass. And then I his new he, his new look looks as fucking awesome. At least they explain him getting a fucking haircut. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not yeah. like him just like having short hair one day. That helmet. Why they need oh. to like click it in a place like that, I don't know, but it's fine. Dude, it's fucking dope, man. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, I love the reaction here. I love this Kirby background right here. That shit is sick. This is the the the, what, the, the couch he's sitting on is Kirby. Like the whole look of everything. The guy in the background is reminiscent of a celestial, the searcher or something. I forget. And then another guy on right. the far right, the guards are reminiscent of celestials and just the style. The background is splashy and cosmic, like his shit. Like totally. Right. Fuck yeah. Well, fuck, man. Yeah. I mean, look, this trailer surprised a lot of people, I think, with the, the amount of people that it got. It, it broke. It seems to. It broke even like Spider Man's record for like twenty the 24 hour. It's just like, you know, use. funky. Funky works nowadays. Like, what we need now is funky, you know? <laughs> Guardians, <laughs> colorful, fun. You know, like, this. It's just so. You know, and it's not James Gunn's Thor. You know, it's not what we've seen yet. It's like a whole different director, dude who did what we do in the shadows. Uh, right. And the hunt for, Taika, the, hunt for the wilder people. Hunt for you the wilder people, name? yeah. Taika? Taika Waititi, yeah. I think. Um, great, awesome, fucking... I mean, it just... This trailer is just so funky. <laughs> and it's yeah, like... It's like, to like 70s, away, but it's awesome. It looks better than fourth one and two, really. That, looks like the best one. 
the titles are so cool. Like, I hope there's a lot of that kind of colorfulness. I mean, it already looks like there's a lot of colorful kind of like, which I think the Thor films needed because they were bordering on being like kind of Harry Potter-ish just because they were so like dark. Uh, the second one, the first one, well, the second one anyway. Um, I don't know. I'm just it making is called Harry the dark Potter. World. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm just making that Harry Potter comparison too, but at times it's felt like Harry and Voldemort or something. But um but with this one, it's like totally different. And the first one's different. The first one's like a desert film, you know, like the it's second like an Arizona. Like, yeah. Yeah, new, uh, yeah, whatever. And then and then this one is like, yeah, I just uh, at first I had problems with that. I use my friend from work, but man, other people gotta have fun. Other people have different sense of humor than Stefan, so he needs to get over. <laughs> No, it's okay if you don't like it. I mean, I understand you taking. You know, I, at first I was movies. like, ah, oh, that's fucking. Why do they? I'm like, because part of me is like, with these superhero movies, like you know, you just want them to be for you, or you just want them to be like perfect for you. Um, but then they're always like, there's a lot of times there's a line at the end of these kind of trailers, and it's just like, oh man, like you had to, you know, like what what it shows to me is like he views the Avengers as work, but he's also that's like, a, yeah, an Asgardian warrior. Is that just yeah. work to him too, or? Uh, how does he yeah, do all this it, shit? But it's it's, it's, it's fine. Just, it's just like it's just one line. Yeah. It's not gonna be, it's not gonna ruin it's the rest of the fucking stupid, movie. But I understand. Whatever. I understand your your problems with it, but I think overall it's a fucking great it trailer. I can't like, believe I'm this excited for the third Thor film. Yeah, it you just know, seems like they insane. can't. They like the studios or the producers or whoever can't. You know, they can't just let it be what it is for like two seconds before they have to make like some kind of like self-referential like self-aware kind of joke it seems like you just can't get away from that shit anymore because it's kind of validating of like look it's happening really you know it's like you know this could be real because they're like work buddies and i'm just like why can't you just let it be what it is it's always got to be this like bring it right back to your fucking like i don't know to something that you'd understand, you mean? Like, well, like yeah, something that you'd understand. Because, because when things get too fantastic or too confusing, it seems like they got to be like, is this really happening right now? Or like, <laughs> you know, like, it's just always shit like that. Just that like kind of self-aware, self-referencing kind of scene where it's just like wink, wink. Like it's, 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 it's insulting because it's breaking the fourth wall without fucking paying me the intelligence enough to know you're breaking fucking force. Maybe they even like they threw around the idea that they were they, that he was going to say we've battled together. But that, that would have been tight. <laughs> but that that would have been cooler, but it might not have been as funny to a lot of people cuz yeah. there's something yeah. about and, the guy at the office like, is the Hulk, you know? That's so funny. Which I get it, it's not my sense of humor necessarily either, but yeah. It's just you know it's, it's just it's it's a mass market movie. It's what it's a four quadrant exactly. movie. I can I'm I'm getting older. I'm getting less angry. I think I hope. Um, so I can relinquish my beef on that one. It's like I know like, relinquish the beef. Be <laughs> <laughs> relinquish the beef. No, it's, not the, it's not romancing the stone. It's relinquishing the beef. Yeah, that's the name of my first album, by the way. Um, oh, of course. This winter. Relinquish yes, the beef, of course. Um, but but no, this shit looks awesome. Jeff Goldblum, it's gonna be. I hope he hams that character up because he can't be Jeff Goldblum just in some fucking spaceship somewhere. Oh, for sure, yeah. He's, he's just gonna be really likable. Yeah, because he's one of he's one of the elders. He's kind of he's connected to Benicio del Toro's character in this universe. Um, That's interesting. So, so yeah, so it'll be it'll be cool to see him like have some fun with it. Hopefully, like Jeff Goldblum's the man. I'm I'm like heartbroken what they did to fucking. His character in the Independence Day remake, but it was so fucking forgettable that. 
we'll let it slide. Oh, I never saw that, man. That just looks so bad. And then everybody so I know said it sucked. And they just like, what was his name? I forgot his character's name um, in Independence Day. But anyway, it's like his character in Independence know. Day was like this hero, hero. And then in the sequel, he was just like some fucking sleazy old scientist guy trying to get in this young scientist chick's pants. It's, it's awful. <laughs> um, anyway, Thor Ragnarok. How, how, how does thy Maddie feeleth? Oh, I love it. I think it was great. <laughs> uh, I uh, I like all the I like the other two Thor movies a lot. So, um, me too. I was excited I, I for actually, this. I just, oh, go ahead. But just recently realized I I fucking love Thor. I've been reading some of the comics. I like those movies. Thor's my dude. Hemsworth is the bomb. But yeah, no, I just think yeah, it looks cool. I definitely don't think like when I watched the trailer, I wasn't like Guardians of the Galaxy. They're just ripping it off. Um, they're ripping um, off their own I, shit. I, I mean, come on. That, that, that argument's yeah. yeah, I mean, and it's just like, then they use another classic rock song, which is like, that's fine, because it's Zeppelin, man. If there's anything you play when a fucking Asgardian, you play is, fucking Zeppelin. Since they released that, that, logo, that logo, gave you the vibe that it was it was from a fucking 70s album. Or yeah, dude, maybe no, early I mean, 80s rock album. So with them using Led Zeppelin, it comes to I no surprise it, to me whatsoever. I mean, I think it's more reminiscent of like a video game logo and color scheme more so than in like an album. But that's my opinion of the logo. I still think it looks great. I got no issues with anything. I just, I can't wait to see it. That line kind of bothered me at first, but I liked it. Like he probably, like at that point when he sees the Hulk, he probably hasn't seen anyone from his world or that he knows. So I like his kind of like childhood. Right. Like, yes, finally a fucking friend. Like, Jesus, I don't know where the fuck I am right now. I don't have my hammer. I'm stuck here. I have to be this gladiator. And then he also, he's also stuck there with a friend. You well, it's, it's it's Marvel tur- like being really smart about their characters, or the way what the characters will think. Because if this movie came out in the '90s, Thor would have been like, oh no, and then and then it cuts to them fighting. But yeah. they're smart enough to know that no he wouldn't say that it's his fucking friend that he knows sure they had a couple fights but he thought it was like playful fighting in avengers i think it's from what i gather anyway so he he doesn't say oh no like the 90s he says he's my friend and i think that's where they got like a pretty cool i like the reaction but i understand the issue with the line that spawns from the reaction does that make sense? Yeah, I like the reaction too. And he's like, "Yes!" I'm like, "Okay, what's coming yeah. next?" And he's like, "He's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a friend from work." And I'm just like, "Oh, okay." I almost I feel like there was a better way to write that joke. I don't Possibly. think I'm the man for that job, but I don't. I just don't like it. That, that, like it's considered I hope it's one of the... like you were kind of like you were bringing ahead, up. Buddy. Like does he like does he consider Avengers work? Like I just. Something doesn't set well with me, but it's not enough because I like the director. I've seen both the films that he's done, and I've enjoyed both of them. So I know like his humor level. Like this yeah. is to get people who don't watch what we do in the shadows or the hunt for the wilder people. Like those movies are not made for the people who are going to go see Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. You know, this t- this trailer is trying to get people into those fucking seats and make something hit for them that would make like the everyday movie moviegoer laugh. Because like in that trailer, there is a reference to a line that the lead character of Hunt for the Wilder People says. So, I mean, no shit, he knows, really? like, yeah, it's called Skuck's Life. So just watch the fucking movie, guys, and then you'll know. Yeah, uh, I'm going to soon. He won't. It'll be a year from now. 
Well, I will at some point. It's in my <laughs> queue. True. It's in the queue. It's, it's all in the queue. Everything. All yeah, there's that. a lot in my For fucking everyone. queue. I swear to God. I, really I bet there is. There's so fucking much. It's unbelievable. I don't even, I don't even open my Netflix anymore. Just well, my queue is in my Cody queue, but uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta work my Cody right. Oh my god, there's so much. Uh, but that's only for stuff that I can't see on Netflix and shit. But that's another story. Uh, it's a fucking awesome trailer. Uh, Agreed. I can't believe, like I said before, how the fuck is this shit still good? Like, <laughs> like again, back to the '90s. By the time we got to two, and especially three, the movie usually sucked by then. Yeah, you know, like Terminator, for example, Terminator Two, fucking awesome. Three, you know, I know Maddie, you just said that was like pretty, or one of them was pretty good, but still, you know, they 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 can't hold the levels of the old ones. Whereas Marvel, either maintains, or gets better. You know what I mean? Well, so yeah, unless well, I mean, it's like Avengers Two's like slight missteps, but as bad as like the bad Terminator movies, or as bad as Matrix Revolutions or whatever the fuck, no. Not at all. Like they're they're just kind of slight missteps. They're not really awful. They're just not as good as uh, Avengers or Civil War or whatever. Yeah, I mean the thing with Terminator the series is like after Terminator Two, it's pretty much done. They've like solved it. It's like it's done. You know, because yeah. that movie doesn't end on a cliffhanger. It's like we're destroying the last Terminator and the chip. So there's right. no way for anyone to get this technology. So to make another movie that like just happens like oh we just found this. But the thing with like comic book movies is, is there's so much rich storytelling. Like I mean they basically took Thor and put it with Planet Planet Hulk. So that shit's fucking dope, you right. know. Um I just, you know, I mean I and I also think it's getting fresh people and like getting this director who mainly does small budget comedies to do a big budget action movie because you can hire someone to help you do fucking action, you know. Like right. like what we're going there for is we want a good story. We want to be like entertained by the story and the characters. And if there happens to be fucking badass action, that's awesome as well. Second you know? unit often does a lot of the action too. A lot of people don't realize the second unit director. Um, I mean, even in that, remember uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, that famous scene of them like putting guns over each other's shoulders and shooting in opposite directions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fucking second unit. That was a second unit director. Oh, so, wow. yeah. I mean, I'm, maybe the guy, uh, uh, I forget the guy, director's name, but maybe he told them to put their hands like that, but that guy wasn't there that day. So, no, Doug Lyman? Yeah, Doug Lyman. Supposedly. I wasn't there myself, but that's what I heard. Uh, but yeah, second unit can do a lot of shit. Hollywood facts. Yep. <laughs> you heard it, you heard it here. <laughs> Superhouse facts. Good one. Good discussion. Good there, discussion there, boss. We will catch you guys later. Bye. Adios. This is Stefan from the Superhouse Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other godforsaken social media outlet that we that we should be floating on. We are basically on all social media. <laughs> yeah, all social media. Mainly Facebook and Twitter and Patreon. Check out the links in the description. We have a lot of uh, cool goals uh, set up on our Patreon. Like if you donate a dollar you'll be able to uh, give us a topic for us to talk about. And that's we'll talk dope. about for maybe an hour or more. Who knows yeah. how long it'll take. And that's pretty tight. <laughs> that's the coolest thing. <laughs> Wait, we're on the internet? That's pretty good. <laughs> if you and don't... we can make money. <laughs> what?
<laughs> if you donate a thousand dollars, you get full frontal nudes. We haven't set that up, but it's a possibility. If you give us a grant, who knows what will happen. Check us out. I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do that. You get to go on a date with one of us for $10,000. <laughs> but you pay for everything. <laughs> you get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. I'm a for weekend. For $30,000, we'll help you hide a body. Check out our Patreon. Superhouse Gigolo Project 2017. <laughs> Links in the description. <laughs>